Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Roasted Podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. In the studio right now, we have CB Gold, the uh, MMA Rain Man. Uh, we also have Jean uh, here, and uh, we have Jake Ellenberger coming, as well as Bubba Jenkins. Uh, it's going to be a great show. We have a press conference uh, between Efren Escudero and Kevin Lee, who are fighting at UFC 197, and we have WWE WCW star Chuck, Pal- Chuck Palumbo is going to be with us. Uh, it's going to be a great show. People, do you feel like you need to make some change in your life? Wake up and take back control. Download Decipher Life, available on iTunes, Amazon, or Google Play. It's an audiobook narrated by Decipher's chief executive manager and head sports agent, Daniel Martinez. Expect honesty and some slightly colorful language as he shares his life's obstacles firsthand and uncensored. Hear how a willingness to change and adapt with life can help unlock unique your hidden potential and pave the way for new opportunities. Decipher Life is also formatted to fit any busy schedule. Each chapter is 5 to 12 minutes in length and individually recorded as a single track. Listen on the way to work, on a lunch break, or before bed. Each track provides a simple framework surrounding a particular topic, highlighting or breaking down a common roadblock to personal success. Need a refresher in the future? Use a topic title to go back and listen to that specific track again. Listen, I only endorse products that I have known work for myself and others. It's good listening, and it can help everyone. Trust me, this guy's great. It's helped Bubba Jenkins, helps all kinds of fighters. I, I totally endorse it, and you can get it right now. Pick up Decipher Life on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, or directly from their website, decipher.com. That's di-cipher.com. They also do life coaching, uh, mental coaching, contract negotiations, and if you book Decipher services long-term and use the code ROASTED, you get 10% off. That's right. Go to Decipher.com and use the code ROASTED today. Also, tip a fighter. Listen, fighters are underpaid, okay? We've got to get these fighters more money. So, we can make a difference. Go to tipafighter.com. Listen, you, you tip your cab driver, you tip your waitress, you tip a stripper, you tip all kinds of people in your life. Might as well tip fighters. Fighters are out there busting their chops, working so hard, and it's hard to do it while they have to maintain this job or that job, all kinds of jobs. So, tipafighter.com. Fighters, you're in there anyway. Might as well get paid more. Tipafighter.com. All right, I am in a really good mood. I came back from the DMX concert last night. Uh, it was the best concert I have seen in years. Yeah, I, I was a little hesitant because I haven't heard from D- I haven't. All you see is TMZ, you know, DMX arrested for this, arrested for that, you know, crack, this, that, jail. You thought you were going to get shot? I didn't know what was going to go on. What happened was I was looking for things to do with Bree, the girl I'm dating, uh, on Sunday. And I look at the, in the LA Weekly and it says DMX, $15 tickets. I'm like, what? Yeah, DMX, 15 bucks. I'm going. We're at that point already where DMX is 15 bucks to go see? It was $15. That's right? amazing. Where was it? It was at the Nokia, which is now like the, the Nova, uh, oh downtown theater. LA. Microsoft LA Theater. Live, whatever the hell they so it call wasn't it. like, you know, 15 bucks in the hood. No, there was a lot. There was white ass. There, I know. 
There were a lot of opening acts. Like I said, get there. Doors open at seven. I got there at eight. He didn't go on until ten. There was like sixteen rappers that went on beforehand. Some of which were good. Some of which were like one guy's like saying like he was rapping live with no track, and he's like, "We don't need a, a freaking track behind us like these other rappers." And the guy after him had a track, and then the guy was like, "I don't care, man. Look, I, I have a, a, a day job." It's like you're rapping about how you how you have a day job, <laughs> how you don't care. It was insane. But when DMX came on. I'm telling you, it was nonstop from the point he came on to the point. It was everyone was on their feet. He puts on the best show I have seen. It's just electric. I mean, he just all the hits. He's 100 percent. He's he was doing push ups. He was dancing. He was running around the stage. His songs are, are timeless. I mean, I, I listen to songs all the time when I work out. I was going crazy. Everyone was going crazy. And not no one sat down the entire show. And uh, I was and then it, it's so funny because his like his pants are down like to his ankles. You know, like I mean, it's just I don't even know what's holding his pants up. You know, uh, and then he's up there and he's giving a service like halfway through. He's like talks mm-hmm. about you got to find Jesus and allow Jesus in your life. And he'll like so half is like he starts going on Jesus and I'm Jewish, but he's so. Uh, convincing. I'm like, amen. He he like got me going, believing in Jesus. Like that's how his his energy is so infectious. And uh, but it was funny because he'd be like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And then the next song is like about bitches and this and that yeah. and and the n word. It, exactly. it was crazy. He even said he goes, I never saw so many white people say the n word in my life. And, and like he's like, but it's all good. He passed around this big bottle of alcohol. Like he was like sip and share, sip. It was nonstop. Best concert I've I've seen, I think ever. I, I could see why he was the number one rapper in the world, uh, and I could and he still he still got it. I mean, nice. you wouldn't everyone people were because I, I tweeted I'm going to see DMX. People are like he's not going to show up or his voice is gone or he's, he's in, jail. in jail. Yeah, no man, he uh, he hasn't lost a step. It was it was insane, and and the crowd was a little older. Like like the girl I was with, uh, was the girl I'm dating, him. she's 25, so she didn't know all the all the songs, you know. But I was getting down. The crowd was totally getting down. Was she into it though? Because if it's a good energy concert, she was into it. Uh, she, but by the end, she was she was she was grinding. It was it was. Now she's masturbating to DMX. It was on. It was on the sideline. <laughs> it was it was so funny though. Like it was so. He's such a conflicted guy, but his, his songs are just. Uh, uh, amazing. I mean, it was just I had I had such a blast at the DMX concert. I would I would highly recommend it to if he's ever in your town, go see DMX. It was uh, it it was, it was unbelievable. It was it was unbelievable. And but it was funny because he's like, yo, I want to shout out to my to my fourteen kids. He has he has nine boys and have. five girls. And then he's like, I'm not done yet. <laughs> He's, like, he's, he's like, probably not. He's got new girls now, probably throwing panties at him, and he's got the old ones. That, uh, it, it was unbelievable. It, it was such a great show. I, I, I was loving it. I was absolutely loving it. Um, That's cool. Uh, it was a crazy week. Last Wednesday, I went to Texas, uh, and I did a show at these two, like, it was like Roadhouse, you know, uh, these two, like, cowboy bars in Texas. Ronda or Swayze? Uh, Swayze. The original <laughs> Roadhouse. It was very Mexican. Like I said, it's great to be here in Mexico. That was my opening line. Everyone was de- – it was great. There was this one guy that walked in uh, who, who, uh, who I thought might have been gay because he had, like, sparkles everywhere and his hair was, like, way up. And I was like, sir, is that your unicorn parked outside? And, like, <laughs> like he, he ended up buying me a shot afterwards. He was – it was super. The crowds were great. Uh, and second show – 
it was also like there was one guy who was like kind of a I think he was on meth or something. He was yelling at me like just making noises while I was on stage. And uh, that was pretty annoying. But then he like got up to leave. I'm like, oh, are they towing your house? Like I, I was just oh. I, it was it was zing zings. It was I ended up getting a standing ovation, which was nice. which was great uh, in Texas. Uh, that was a blast. I had I had a really good time there. But then I um, then there was two girls right after the show. They were kind of attractive girls. But I have a girl. I'm I'm, I'm you know I'm faithful. But they're exclusive now, ladies. But one of them was like, "So what are you doing later? You want to come party?" And I, she looks kind of drunk. I'm like, "You're not driving, are you?" She's like, "Oh, it's okay. I'm on Adderall. You can't get drunk on Adderall." And then her. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, so what? so supposedly by this hypothesis, because yeah. it's definitely not a theory, if you take Adderall, you can drink as much as you want and you don't get drunk? Yeah. It's on the back of the bottle, CB. That's got to be the dumbest thing I've ever heard in <laughs> my that, life. It was pretty dumb. And I've been on Adderall for actual prescription purposes. Wait, Adam's on Adderall. That's why he's laughing. And it was unbelievable. So then, That's amazing. So then her friend, right? Her friend also was like... Uh, She's like, well, I go on, but I got to turn myself into court on Monday. Because I was like, what, for what? She's like, oh, I got two DUIs. I knew you were going to say that. Oh, man. <laughs> so and, that, and they're both driving. They yeah. brought two cars tonight. This was the conversation <laughs> I was having with them. It was unbelievable. Wait, I was are like, you like Dallas, Austin, El Paso? Oh, I was, where? no, I was, uh, where was I? Were you in Odessa? East, I was in Odessa on, th- okay. on Thursday. And then Friday, I was in uh, Monaghan, so Texas. U- Uber hasn't hit there yet. Oh, it was unbelievable. They, they wanted so I, I went back to my hotel. That was the only problem was that the guy was the guy was real nice driving me around, but I was stuck in the hotel. Like normally, I rent the car when I go on the road, and uh, the guy was like, "Oh, I'll, I'll drive you everywhere." So I couldn't go anywhere. I was really in the. Ho- I was starting to get like. And then my, I forgot my charger, so I couldn't even use my, my uh, computer. I was starting to get... But anyway, so that was... When's that, your birthday? I'm going to buy you a charger for every electronic you have. Yeah. Thank An you. An extra charger. May 20th. And I'm going to glue to your fucking He's forehead. Up, so CB and I are going to take a collection. May 20th. Jeez. So then I come back, right? I fly back from Texas, take two flights back, and I have a, a wedding to do that night, right? They hired me to do a wedding. So I show up at this wedding. It's an all-Asian wedding, right? <laughs> like... All Asian. Please tell me this is good. So <laughs> I watched the video from the last one. That was amazing. So I, I go there and the guy's like, hey, uh, a lot of the, the adults don't speak English. They're like straight. <laughs> so please don't make fun of them. Um, I, I, I was periscoping it, but you can make fun of the young people. Just kind of keep it, keep it PG-13. Uh, okay. So this other comic comes. He's like right off. The, he's right from New York. He just got to L.A. And uh, so he gets up there and. We, we go on after the people are making speeches. The best man's making a speech. So he goes up there and he goes, I, I, I know why you guys got comedians. Because the guys who make the best speeches were terrible. speeches were terrible. So it's going off on the speeches, right? So now everyone's booing him right off the bat. He's like, if you guys are here, who's making sushi? He's doing... Oh, oh, so they're all... People, people are like booing. He did like oh, nine no. Asian jokes in a row. Like just bang, bang, bang. And they, were, they started calling him like Ice Ice Baby. And then they started heckling him. It was really, really awkward. So, and, yeah. Like, like, he didn't do many jokes. Does uh, that put you in, like, a weird position getting ready to go up and you're like, this crowd has already turned? Oh, uh, well, it kind of taught me a lesson of, like, what not to do. Because uh, he was actually a good comic. He just, just kind of. You need to know your, he, your, well, yeah, he know your audience. Know your he, place, he didn't, know he didn't really, he, you know, sometimes this happens as a comic. So then I went, 
they had another meal, and then I went on afterwards, and I said, you know, I love Asian girls. That's why I hang out at traffic school. You know, everyone was laughing at that. I was keeping it light. And then I started getting them. I started saying, like, they were, they were digging jokes. He had already factored in they weren't going to laugh at jokes. And I was like, no, they were digging jokes. But I said that me, I go, normally they were going to have a Chinese comedian, uh, but this is Trump's idea of giving, uh, you know, jobs back to Americans. Like, <laughs> they love that. See, yeah. I ended up doing 30 minutes. It was fun. Nice. It was a really, really, it was cool. It was, it was a fun thing. Came back, watched the fights, watched the Pacquiao fight, and saw DMX last night. It was a great couple days. How are you doing, CB? I'm doing good. It's actually funny you say that because I completely forgot I watched Pacquiao on Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, I was entertained. I the liked Pacquiao it. fight? Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Him and Bradley did, did a good job. It was funny because a guy on Twitter hit me up who hits me up like every time I post, but I, this guy's awesome. We have great conversations. He was like, you know, that one punch that Pacquiao landed and, and um, Bradley like kind of rolled over backwards. He's like, that was like Brock and Heath Herring. I'm like, that you're right. That, that's exactly <laughs> like that. Um, had the house for the week. Had my folks' house for the week before they came home. Watched the Masters all four days, uh, which strangely enough, people, watch I watch golf. I'm wow. a big fan of golf. Used to play a lot more than I do now, but big fan of golf. So I watched that crazy round yesterday. And uh, watch the fights uh, afterwards last night. And I, I, I just want to openly admit, I think I suck at predictions. Or when I predict shit, yeah. God's like, hey, you, do this different. Because he just said you're going to do that. And We'll talk about the fights in a second. We'll, we'll get off of that. Good uh, weekend. John, what's going on with you? Not much. Same old. Life is good. Can't, yeah? Can't complain. Nice. Can't complain. Nice, nice, nice. We'll talk about that. Uh, the fights. So the fights yesterday. I'm not a fan of waking up at 730 in the morning on... <laughs> A Sunday and watching fights. It's just too early. I mean, just too, I understand people that live in Ireland or are gonna, Australia are going to be like, well, this is what we have to go through. You're a dick, Adam. Whatever. Uh, yeah, sorry. I, 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 I can now commiserate what you guys have to go through. Um, ben Rothwell. Let's talk about his fight. Look, I'm a big Ben Rothwell fan. Uh, he's been around forever. He's a great fight. He had the wrong strategy. I don't know. Like, Dos Santos. Did he have a strategy? It didn't seem like he had a strategy. It didn't seem like he was just switching stances constantly, like, trying to, like, figure out where he was going. The the first round, I'm like, all right, he's getting settled, maybe, because I had said he was going to finish him in the second. But you know what? I'm not going to take anything away from Junior either. Junior came out looking closer to the old Junior that he wanted to look like. And was kind of landing his shots. And I got to say, that like, his jab to the head, jab to the body, like you never know where it's going because yeah. he uses them both so much. That'll really fuck you up no matter who you are. Nobody jabs to the body. So he was throwing them and Rothwell's like, what the fuck is going it on It does also here? seem like Rothwell, as good of a fighter he is, you know, Matt Mitrione took a bad shot on him, got caught in that like Darce. Uh, the fight against Overeem. Wasn't Overeem like killing him, and then Rothwell just like caught him. Caught him. Overeem was doing very well, yeah. and then, and then uh, Rothwell just right hand, and it was just. And then night, it night. seemed like also the fight with uh, Barnett was Barnett was winning that fight, right? Wasn't Barnett looking also Barnett, pretty good? They were they were doing well. Uh, both guys looked decent. And then I Rothwell mean, like we've kinda... said a thousand times, it was shocking. So that Barnett pulled. It that seems out. like the strategy of like let's just see what happens. Uh, let's just go in there and fight. Yeah. work three times in a row because but also based on a lot of these guys mistakes uh he kind of capitalized on people's mistakes whereas rothwell didn't seem to have you right didn't seem to have a great strategy and i don't know 
it was a tough fight to watch because it just seemed like he was being used as a, as a punching bag. And I don't know how good – like, obviously, Rothwell's one of the top five guys in the UFC, oh, yeah. uh, five heavyweights. But it's weird because sometimes he looks like a world beater, and then other times he looks like like he got uses a punching bag. Um, it was a hard fight to watch as a Ben Rothwell fan because I don't want to see him get punchy. I met him at my show. He was such a nice guy. I told him him and his girlfriend made on Farmers Only, uh, or him and his wife. Super cool dude. And that was that was rough to watch. Uh, I'll tell you who looked great was the Black Beast. I called yes. that. I called that. First Everybody round called that. It, it, it was inevitable. It was inevitable. That um, was... Quick touch on Rothwell, was it, it, and I'm sure you noticed it too. At the end of the second, when he got overhand, hit with the overhand right, and then that teep kick that put him on his ass, I think that was the end for him. For the next three rounds, he was just like, I guess I'm fucked, so I'm just going to stand here and try and eke it out. Um, but Derek Lewis, man, guy's a tough guy. Um, I think if he gets his wrestling a little better, takedown defense, there's certain guys that won't be able to get him down because I feel like that's a big problem in his game if he gets taken down it's pretty much over i mean he's got a decent chin didn't mitrion knock him out yeah yeah mitrion uh knocked him out otherwise the guy throws fucking leather gonzaga you know what i'd say gabe needs to call it he needs he needed to call it three fights ago Uh, he's 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 been around a long time he's been around and it, it seems like he hasn't really evolved he kind of peaked with that crow cop kick where he knocked out crow cop Oh, be, he won't. No, there's no be, way. You know, it's one of those kind of like it's kind of, <laughs> people are probably going to hate that I say this, but the uh, Machida Henderson fight that's coming up to me, that's more of a fan fight. I don't. You know, and I think I think fans of Dan great, Henderson I don't want him to take that fight either. I, don't, I, don't, no. I think and that's if, this you're, if you're a real that, fan of Dan Henderson, those are fan fights. If it's not, I understand that the UFC these guys want to fight. These guys don't want to go oh. out in a loss. And I hear you. I think Hendo should have went out on the Tim. Uh, Tim Bosch fight. That would have been a great fight to go out on. He knocked him out in 30 seconds, took no damage. He comes out, he leaves, he's a winner. I mean, does anyone... Look, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Hendo will land that bomb, but I... Highly doubt it, and I like the Black Beast. I, you just see, you see this train wreck coming. I see Hendo getting knocked out by Machida uh, early, mm. early. Come on, I don't know, man. I don't know. The first fight was boring as fuck. Yeah, and that was, if I'm not mistaken, that was UFC 157. But we saw the Belfort fight versus Hendo. Yeah, but, but yeah, but Vitor is a little, a little wilder in terms of throwing strikes, and Machida, you know. He's got that sometimes, offset style, and I, it's always a, a different matchup. Sometimes he looks good. Sometimes he's just not quite there. Um, Hendo has said, depending on the outcome of this fight and not just win or lose, but like how he feels and how the fight goes, he said this could be the last one for him. I really hope it is. And it's funny because he said some of the guys in Bellator need to hang it up recently. I'm like, yeah, and... <laughs> I mean, but there's so, been people that have saying Hendo's been needing to hang it up since Strike Force. They said once he knocked out Fedor, it's like you have nothing left to prove. Right. Go fucking. Call I know, it. and a guy, I you know, a guy has a great He's the gym. Oldest in the UFC, great gym, great career. You know, Pretty Olympian wide. wrestler, hot young wife. He's an incredible coach too. Incredible coach. And the guy's you got a everything cool guy. going for you. What do you need to get hurt for? That's just my opinion. But whatever, some you know. Look, I think he I wants mean, the. I think he wants like the Nogueira's fight back. Fighting in the Brazil card, right? Was that is that one ninety nine? Nogueira's fighting again. Yeah, one ninety eight. Yeah, against who? Oh, Little Nog. Yeah, he's on that, and I I liked. Oh, he's fighting Pat Cummings, right? Yeah, he. So it's one of those two, and you've watched these guys for over a decade, 
Yeah. But he said like, he wasn't. Dude, I, like Adam said, I, I, I like you. I don't want to see you get hurt. Yes, but but Pat Cummings isn't a knockout artist. But... No, I, th- I think Pat Cummins wrestles him down. Little yeah. Nog, though, has said, I didn't want to go out with my brother. And I'm like, maybe you should have because your brother was always more established and more successful yeah. than you. And I don't, I don't dislike Little Nog. I like his style, but they keep... Uh, it's like what Alan said a few weeks ago. You know, you write down this thing and you tell the, the commentators, this is what I feel about myself and that's what they, uh, they articulate say, about. Yeah. And it's like, you know, Little Nog, every time he comes out, oh, Olympic-level boxer, Brazilian Olympic team boxing, this yeah, and that. Yeah. I'm like, dude, guy hasn't had a knockout since he, I think he knocked out maybe Luis Kane back at like UFC 106 or something like that. It's been yeah. a long time. Hang him up, dude. Yeah. Right. Uh, another guy, I'll tell you who I look, who looked really good. Um, was Zach Cummings. That I was so impressed with Zach Cummings because the guy he fought, who did he fight? Nicholas Dalby. Nicholas Dalby, undefeated guy, really impressed me in his last fight. And Zach Cummings' striking has gotten so much better. That camp, that James Krause camp. That camp uh, is just a fucking... That camp with uh, Anthony... Um, the kid oh, it's kid. Anthony Gutierrez. You got yeah. Tim Elliott, James Krause, Megan Anderson. You got Zach Cummings in there, and they're they're bringing up a lot of other people. Yeah, it's glory, really, glory fitness and MMA. Really good camp in St. Louis, I believe, or Missouri, um, somewhere in Missouri, somewhere in Missouri, uh, somewhere around that. And area. Uh, yeah, that camp's really good. Zach Cummings, because I felt like a lot of the Americans uh, sometimes when when you, when you watch these fights overseas, you feel like the matchmaker kind of brought in Americans not to lose. But to get guys who are not that good at striking against strikers, because it seems like the European guys uh, are much are, are not better at striking, but that's something more that they focus on. Whereas American wrestling, because they don't have wrestling in high school in Europe, they don't have wrestling in uh, you know, so a lot they don't no, have they don't that. Focus on it. So at all. a lot of the American wrestlers do really well in kind of a that thing. But you put a wrestler against a striker in Europe sometimes and they, they kind of think, okay, the Americans are going to get knocked out. And I feel like they kind of thought that was Zach Cummings a little bit. They're going to show yeah. Dobby's an undefeated guy. I feel like Cummings was sort of brought in not to lose, but to, to you know, eh, maybe brought in to lose. And Cummings shocked everybody. It seemed like a lot of Americans were doing that. Um, With Cummings, you know, he's, he's made incredible strides since he was on The Ultimate Fighter. And a lot of a lot of people, you know, he got injured in the competition and wasn't really able to kind of show his worth. But you know, like you said, that Glory MMA and Fitness Camp is really good. They're all getting good fights. Kraus just got signed for the Ultimate Fighter finale against Ross Pearson, which yeah. is a crazy fight. Great fight. Tim Elliott's got a uh, he's Titan flyweight champion, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And Megan Anderson's coming up on this Victor card to fight Amanda Bell. Um, there's there's a lot of good good guys out of that camp. I think Tyler Mitten's all, also there. Tyler Melee. Uh, real tough kid, but they're they're making their strides. And Zach Cummings, I think, is the most improved guy in that camp because, like you said, there was a lot of people that were writing this guy off in quite a few of his fights. You know, he went in against Gunny, Gunner Nelson, and Gunner just demolished him. I mean, but it was supposed to happen. And this guy comes in against Dalby, and you know, Dalby's the favorite Dalby, yeah. tough kid, and beats him in a very impressive fashion. I'll tell you who. Uh, also, uh, Tim Johnson. That guy, I'll watch Tim Johnson fight any day of the week. And it's funny because I was in Fargo, North Dakota, and I was talking to a couple guys that came to the show, and they were like, yeah, Tim Johnson's at our camp, but he has no one really to train with because uh, he's such a big dude. And Tim Johnson, man, he, uh, he just reminds me of an old-school, tough fighter. I think he was – I think he's a policeman or he's – I think he's the Army guy. I've got to get him on the podcast. I've got to know more about him. But he's just a throwback fighter with a great mustache, 
and who's <laughs> tough as shit. And I'll watch that guy fight any day of the week. The UFC needs to do a better job promoting Tim Johnson because you look at like an everyday guy who's a fighter, and this is Tim Johnson. I, I, I like him. I love rooting for guys like Tim Johnson because they, they don't get any the accolades that they should get. You know, they, they promote guys like Sage Northcutt and this guy and that guy, but Tim Johnson is the guy that they should be promoting. He's, what, 11-1, and one, I believe. He's tough. He, he goes in there to fight. He's, he's just a, he just reminds me of an old-school Don Fry. Uh, Dan Severin, and I'm not putting him in the same category as those guys. Obviously, he's not a legend yet, but he's a tough dude. And uh, I'm a Tim Johnson fan. Uh, I'll tell you what fight that I was. Um, uh, that guy Ent Whistle. That was that guy Ent Whistle. And I was at the Ent Whistle fight against Burchak, where he caught him in a heel hook, and, and like I was 30 so pissed. Seconds in, dude, Ent Whistle's a tough kid. That was that made me a little sad. I for like Burchak for. Oh no! Well, that one, yeah, because I liked Burchek, but for this one with uh, Perez, it was it was it was tough for me. Cause Why? I, I like the jujitsu guys. Entwistles was very yeah, touted, but, and but you got to have a plan B. Oh, of course. He just well, went in there and he just kept going for leg locks and going for leg locks and going, which I understand. They were very creative ways, but look, not everybody's Ryan Hall. Not only that, but you gotta have, but you gotta, it, it's at the M- end of the day, you can mix it up. It's, it's mixed you know, martial arts. You can't, it's your only tool. It just seemed like that was his only tool. One dimension only lasts so long. Yeah. yeah. And I, uh, I was, um, a little bit surprised because they were, I was re- re- listening to somebody's, um, some serious fight show they had and they were talking about this guy. This guy called in about that guy, Blade, how that heavyweight Blade oh, was, Blades? they were yeah. saying how good he was, how he was his wrestling champion, how he was the man. And I don't know, maybe it was just a bad style matchup, but he was getting beat up pretty bad. Yeah. And Gano's, though, he's just, he's like a brick shithouse in there. <laughs> he's a fucking monster. I mean, and if I'm not mistaken, Blades, was was he the favorite? I think he might have been like a slight. I maybe. could be wrong. But like, yeah, I heard the same thing. Blades and Blades and this and that, and he's going to come in. And, but Gano, I mean, the guy's got, I think, two fights in the UFC. He's already got two finishes. There, There's... I don't know. The heavyweight division's tough to call. If a lot of people don't really pay attention to anybody but like the top like five or ten. Yeah. And after that, like you said, nobody really knows who Timothy Johnson is. He's one tough son of a bitch. Yeah, and I enjoy watching him. I I, I always love rooting for guys that like the lesser name. The lesser name guys. The Timothy Johnsons of the world. The guys from Fargo, North Dakota, with the mustaches that were bald. Those are the guys I like. I those are the I will say I think the, the heavyweight category too, it, it the division, it doesn't get a well, it gets less love because I think they're just – it's slower. So compared to – It's also probably the least talented division. Yeah, I, I hate to say it, but they're – big sluggers. They're usually gassed by the second round. It's a lot of – you know, so I, I, as far as the action, unless you're, you know, you're a Mark Hunt, people tune in because they want to see that. It just seems with other divisions – punch knockout. Other divisions, the top – you know, I you like could you could more... you could have the number one guy fight the fifteen Actually. guy and it'll be kind of closer. Yeah, you know, yeah. you could have Joe Soto fight T.J. Dillashaw and it goes five rounds. Where in the heavyweight division, it seems like there's three or four guys that are just straight monsters, and then there's a lot of guys who, and the, the talent drops off a little yeah. bit. That's Maybe because nobody can name seven, eight, nine. Well, CB can because. <laughs> well, I think a lot of it also is because if you're a heavyweight fighter, a lot of those guys go into football. Uh, it's like you're if you're a heavyweight wrestler, you know, there. It's like you get a lot of those guys. Look, you're 250 pounds. You're strong. You're athletic. You could make so much more money going into football than you could, or than you could going into boxing or going into mixed martial arts. 
And if you, when you're that size, it, it just seems like it's just not as, you know, the, the I, I think I was, uh, I was watching some boxing match. They said the average size, the average American is 180 pounds male. So the 170 d- division is going to have the most competition. Yeah. Wasn't um, there over like a 40 pound, there's like 45 pound difference be- at the weigh-in or something like from that? What? From Dos Santos to, to Rothwell? Rothwell, I think, was 264, and I think Dos Santos was, was like 205 or something? No, like, I think like he two, was like 241. Really? I thought something it was more like than that. that when I Dos saw Santos that. was such a nice guy. I met him one time in San Diego. Was, He's super cool. And uh, I wanted to take a picture with him. And it was one of those times where you give someone the camera and the phone just doesn't, like, the guy can't figure out the phone. So you have that awkward, like, time where you're hugging the person next to you and it just kind of sucks because you feel like, ugh, you're like, let's take the phone. You don't want to grab it into it because you don't want to make him feel stupid. It was just in general. And I was like, sorry, man. And he was like, it's okay. He was such a nice, peaceful, loving guy, this Dos Santos character. And, uh, he it's said a, before the fight, they were, uh, I forget who was interviewing him, they, they, he was like so happy and he was doing all his pre-press and they were like, you're so happy. And he's like, well, you got to be happy in order to bring happiness into your life. Like, he yeah. was just so, that's, you know, he's like, yeah. I was like, he, he might be too happy. I don't know if he's going to go in there hungry. And of course, he's, he no, he's he always done, super but, cool. But he's always just like, yeah, he's, he's, he's like the Zen of the heavyweight. <laughs> agreed, agreed, agreed. So someone we're going to call right now, uh, who's a awesome wrestler. He was a six-time tag team champion uh, in the WCW as well as WWE. I met him at my comedy show, actually. There was this guy in the crowd that I was just giving a hard time to. I kept calling him Fabio and all this. I kept making fun of him, and he was laughing his ass off. And you could just tell he was a badass. Chuck Palumbo. This dude is – he's no joke. He is a nice, gentle giant. At the same time, I would not want to get him mad. Hey guys, it's me, Owen Benjamin, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast. It's called Why Didn't They Laugh, right here on Sideshow Network. Each episode, we look at moments that a joke fails, moments that we don't want to relive, but we will because we learn from it, and it's kind of fun, and we're all kind of sadistic. Why Didn't They Laugh with me, Owen Benjamin, every Wednesday and Friday. You can download it, be sure to rate it, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, or check us out on sideshownetwork.tv slash Owen Benjamin. I love you. What? Hello, is this Chuck Palumbo? <laughs> yes, sir, man. How you doing, Adam? Good. How you doing, man? I was, you're here, I'm here with CB Gold and Jean. It's, uh, it's great to hear from you, man. I'm, I'm a huge fan. Uh, we met... In San Diego, at my comedy show, this massive guy was in the crowd who I was giving a hard time to, and then someone's like, I was like, what do you do, sir? Are you a male stripper? And you're like, I'm a wrestler. And then I actually, I don't even know how, I haven't watched WWE wrestling in, I don't know, 10 years, but I was like, wait a minute, Chuck Palumbo. And I, I remember you from the Natural Born Thrillers with O'Hare and, uh, and uh, Deziac. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, that, that was a good night. That was... Uh... I think since we've met now, you don't tear into me as much when I go to the shows. So. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. enjoyed that, though. Oh, thanks, man. Well, next next show, I promise I'll tear into you. Uh, how are you doing, man? What's 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 new in life? Everything's great, man. Um, I'm uh, building motorcycles right now. Uh, everything changes throughout the year. I film uh, a show for Discovery Channel um, called Rusted Development, uh, which is not filming right now. Actually, um, I think that show is over. I don't know if they're going to uh, pick it up ever again, but um, that was fun. And right now I'm back to building motorcycles until uh, my next gig comes up, pretty much. And um, 
that's it, man. Spending time with family. Nice. And uh, well, that's it. Enjoying life. Nice, nice, nice. Now, uh, now you were uh, you started out as a wrestler. You were the dude. Now, did you ha- did you wrestle back in high school or like like real wrestling back in high school? Did you do any kind of mixed martial arts or karate or? Sure, sure. Um, I wrestled like in club. I didn't wrestle in high school, but we had club. Like, actually, I'm from back east, a uh, small town called uh, West Warwick, and there's a, a neighboring town called Cranston, and they had this league, uh, sort of like a police league, CLCF they called it, Cranston's League, Cranston's Future. So I wrestled in club like that for a few years, but never. Uh, you know, at the college or, or high school level. I actually played basketball in college. Nice. What uh, what college? Uh, Central Missouri State. Oh, nice. Uh, Division two school. I actually started in a JC. I did a year at JC, Community College of Rhode Island, and I, I ended up getting a scholarship out of JC uh, to Central Missouri State. You must have been good. I mean, playing even playing Division two is really good. Now, what made you decide to become a, a pro wrestler? I'm, I'm still not sure to this day. <laughs> I don't know. I was uh, I was in my second year of school. I, I started everything backwards, man. I went from high school to the Navy, and then I got a, uh, came out of the Navy, used my GI Bill to go to a community college after I finished my four years in the Navy, and then got a scholarship out of JC to play, uh, you know, at the D2 level. So everything I did was backwards. I'm in JC in my second – I'm sorry, I'm in uh, – regular college, a four-year school in my second year, and um, I saw an ad on TV, man. I just, uh, WCW had a um, show Monday Nitro. It was big at the time. This was 97. And they actually had an ad on TV. It said, um, you want to be a wrestler? Uh, and it had a phone number. And that was it. And I was actually, it was uh, final exam week. I was flipping through the channels. I was home, and I saw that show, the wrestling show, and I was kind of watching it for a little bit, never watched wrestling in my life, saw that ad, and I, I went to get a pencil to take the number down, don't ask me why, I missed it, so the following week I watched it again, and I got the phone number, I, I called the camp, and you know, now, so that you, was it, I left school, left my scholarship, decided to relocate to Atlanta to train at the WCW power plant. Now you walk in the wrestling camp, I mean, is it like, is it all monsters there, or, I mean, do you even know what the hell to do? I had no idea. I didn't know how much of it was a work. I didn't know how much was real. I didn't know anything. I, I went into it totally blind and naive, but I, I honestly think that if I had known more about what I was getting myself into, I probably wouldn't have done it. So maybe it's a good, you know, a good thing that I didn't know. And I mean, now do you, and do you have like roommates there at camp? Is it you and a bunch of wrestlers living together? Well, you know, um, some of us had families, you know, you know, I had a girlfriend at the time and a one-year-old daughter. So, you know, living with a bunch of guys really wasn't an option. Um, first off, the school, this power plant, had no guarantees. What they did was every month they tried out 30 people. You had to send in a money order for 250 bucks. Find a way to get down to Atlanta and try to make it through the tryout. If you made it through the initial three-day tryout, there was a chance they'd invite you back to the school, supposedly train you for six months, and there's a chance you might get a six-figure contract at the end of that six months with the WCW. So everything's very vague. Um, 30 guys a month. And during that tryout for those three days, it's just a weeding out process. So they beat you up, squat you to death, run you to death. Just They basically try to just get rid of you. Right. <laughs> so uh, at the end of those three days, it was down to me and one guy, and I was the only guy left by, by the last hour on the third day. 
Wow. Um, and they brought me in an office, and they said, hey, take your shirt off. Let's see what you look like. I was like, okay. <laughs> the casting So couch. I take my shirt off. They say, well, you got a good look, kid. You're, you're a good athlete. Uh, come back uh, with 3000 bucks, and we'll train you for six months. So did you I did, did, okay, yeah, what else? <laughs> that was it. Nice. And I left, not knowing what was going on. So anyway, um, I go home, save some money, and come back and relocate. Um, we had to pay to go to the school. So, no, you don't board with anybody. You don't live with anybody. Basically, you show up on your own, find a place to live, figure out how you're going to make some money to pay for the school, and, and live. And that's how it goes. So my girlfriend ended up getting a job at a restaurant as a waitress. And that's how we were supported while I was going to the, to the school. And, uh, basically eight to four, Monday through Friday, I trained. Wow. Yeah. But then so, so, when, uh, so you finally got the call, right? You, you got finally got the call to WCW and that was to be on television. Yeah. So, well, so, so after about six, seven months, they decided to give me a little training contract for like 800 bucks a week just to support myself while I'm training. Then about a month later, um, they asked me if I want to go wrestle in Japan. I'm still learning about this, so I'm like, okay, whatever. So they have a uh, they sent me to Japan to tour with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. It was kind of a breaking in process, and another uh, another part of a breaking in process. But anyway, I went to Japan for a couple months. They offered me a, a contract, a decent contract. Um, so I was thinking about actually staying there. And then I got a call from the WCW officer saying I was going to come back and, and, you know, get a contract, a real contract, and work in a program against uh, Lex Luger and Liz. So I came back, and the next thing you know, uh, within a few weeks, I'm working on a pay-per-view with Lex Luger and Liz. Wow. And uh, Now, now Lex Luger uh, ended up going to jail, right, for for being charged with, like, with Lex, Liz, right? Yeah, Lex, uh, to this day, I don't know if anybody knows the truth, but... Uh, Liz had passed away in his condo back in Atlanta. Um, there was rumors of, um, you know, drugs and stuff like that. I hadn't kept in contact with him, so I don't know what really happened. But anyway, he went to jail for a while, I believe. I believe he's out now, and I believe uh, he's turned his life around a bit. But um, I think he had a stroke. He's, he's, he's had it rough since those days. Yeah, because when, uh, like, when, when I was a kid, uh, Lex Luger was like, it was like... <laughs> I mean, he was the shit. He was just like, he was just huge. He was, he was looking at him when he wrestled back in the day, WCW, WWE. He was a monster of a man. He was like the only guy that could do like the gorilla press slams and whatever. And I actually met Lex last year at WrestleCon right before WrestleMania. And he, he's, he's in a better pos- position now, but he's in tough shape. He's, he's had some health issues. And Now, your first match was against Scott Steiner, correct? Your first big match? My first big match, yes. I mean that exactly. that guy uh, my was first big match. Yeah, I had some small ones on on the on the show. It was like a Starship call, uh, show called WCW Saturday Night. It was a smaller show, but then uh, I think I got to wrestle Scotty on on the Thunder, which was for me was a big deal at the time. You know, the why that guy was one of my favorite wrestlers, but he got so big he couldn't even move. I mean, he couldn't even like turn around. That guy. He he was <laughs> he he was jacked, man. He was jacked. <laughs> Obviously, there have been, you know, some super very, uh, you know, wrestlers have to be tough in general. Uh, which fighter do you think would have been, which wrestler do you think would have been the best fighter? Cool. Um, good question, man. I think in his prime, um, 
maybe a Scott Steiner or or a Rick Steiner. Because of the wrestling, what, what what about Kurt Angle? Um, yeah, maybe Kurt Angle too. Um, yeah, maybe in his prime, absolutely. Was there ever a time that uh, guys went too hard on you during wrestling where you kind of almost got to a fight? Um, yeah, you know, when, when you're a rookie, man, and you're first starting off, guys will test you. Um, but, you know, like anything else, if you let them know that you're not going to stand for it, uh, it doesn't last too long. You know what I mean? If you let them do it, obviously. So who tested you? Uh, Bradshaw tested me, I think, a little bit when I first came over from WCW. You know, when we came over from WCW to go to WWF, the guys in WWF were, you know, they took it personal. You know what I mean? Uh, instead of treating it like business, um, they figured, oh, these guys, you know, because if you think about it, the WCW had recently beat the WWF in ratings for like over 86 weeks in a row. And that's what it all comes down to with these uh, with these owners and stuff. So, um you know, here we come over, uh, something that's never happened before, no one thought would ever happen. Vince McMahon buys out the WCW. So there was there was heat between us and our locker room and the WWF locker room. So, yeah, uh, I think it was Bradshaw testing me a little bit in the ring, maybe the first time I had to work with him. You know, maybe some stiff boots in the face. Maybe, <laughs> no, typical, typical things. Uh the forearm shots, stuff like that. But, you know, I gave it back to him, and then I think I even asked him after the match in the locker room. I think I said, hey, man, you know, do we have an issue? And he said, oh, we're good. I said, okay. And that, and that was it. That was the end of that, you know. But um, we call it getting potatoed or getting stiff. Guys will do it once in a while just to see uh, how you're going to respond. It's just, it's just one of those things, one of those tests, like anything else, you know. But you said you give him a receipt, right? You told me. Exactly. You, you, get, <laughs> you give him a receipt. Sometimes it gets a little rough. Sometimes uh, it gets a little rough, but I, I love that. You know, you're out there to entertain the people, and and, and you want to, you know, you know, wrestling is one of those things where you need to work every night to make money. You know, not just not just TV nights. So you need to work the house shows to really make a decent living. So you can't be getting hurt a lot. You know, so you got to learn to take care of each other. You know, right now, um. Now, when when you guys got now, you were doing very well in the WCW. You were a six, you were a champion over there. Uh, you 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 got you were killing it. You had this kind of really good gimmick going. You went from like you went from the dude to Jungle Jim, and then that didn't sort of didn't take off. And then it came to just Chuck Palumbo, right? Yeah, Jungle Jim was someone else. I did um, have a pair of leopard <laughs> leopard trunks, but I wasn't Jungle Jim. There was a guy who actually looked a lot like me, or I looked like him, one or the other. His name was Jim. I can't remember his last name, but and he was a WCW guy, and um, so I've been mistaken for him early on. Okay, but, so you were in Jungle Jim. Yeah, the dude, okay. the dude was on the Independence in Atlanta, and then, um, yeah, I got a good push early on, and I'll be honest with you, I was super green, man. I was learning on TV as I went along, you know? Now, did you ever go up against Brock Lesnar? I did in uh, WWF or WWE. I can't remember if it was WWE yet, but yeah, I went up against Brock Lesnar. What was that like? Um... Yeah, it was rough just because, you know, he's rough in the ring and he's not looking to take care of anybody. And, he, he you know, he was stiff, but I, I gave it back to him. I, you know, I had to take the loss. I knew I was losing the match, and they were building him. They weren't building me. So, yeah, I had to take a lick, and it was part of the deal. Um, but, yeah, he, he's definitely stiff. But I made sure I gave it back to him. I remember specifically in that match, he had stiffed the shit out of me pretty bad. 
maybe a clothesline across the face or whatever it was. So I remember when it was time for me to hit him with a super kick, I remember I kicked him right in the mouth. Uh, and I put it through, you know what I mean? Like I didn't like just place it there. I made sure I, I gave him a good swift kick in the mouth, maybe twice actually, just to let him know. <laughs> <laughs> now but, uh, the afterwards, well, the Brock, did you say something afterwards or no? No, after the match, I remember I was in the locker room first. He came down, uh, walked by me, and I, he said, hey, thanks. I said, hey, thanks. And he smiled, and I smiled, and that was it. Um, me and Brock were always cool. But, uh, yeah, he's a little stiff in the ring, that's for sure. Now, uh, you worked against with Buff Bagwell, who's now a male escort, uh, correct? Is that That's that's, that's uh, the word on the street? Is that true? <laughs> that's what I heard. Is that true? I'm asking you. Shouldn't you know? <laughs> You know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I've heard from some of the other boys in the business that he was doing that. I'm assuming it's true. Uh, yeah, man. I don't know. Gotcha. Uh, Mark, Marcus is, he's crazy. He's always been super cool with me. I, you know, I, I knew him from back in Atlanta when I was training there and, um, WCW. Honestly, he was always cool with me. Um, I never had an issue with him, but yeah, he's, he's now, 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 when you, uh, when you guys came over from WCW, Vince was trying to like make you guys, uh, he was trying to like make fun of you guys, right? He kind of was like showing you guys, kind of humiliate some of the wrestlers, make them be kind of funny characters that weren't that cool. Is that, was that his idea to make you and Billy Gunn the gay characters, but it just exploded and like took off? Yeah, you know, I don't, you know, it's funny. Yeah. I mean, you know, Unless the WWF or the WWE is building you from scratch, nine times out of ten, history proves it, they usually try to kill off a character that was developed from another country. I'm sorry, another uh, company, you know? So, does that really happen? Eh, seems like it does. Um, I felt like they were actually using me decent for a little bit, um, and then, you know, that Billy and Chuck thing came out of nowhere... Honestly, I think their main goal with the billion truck thing was they were timing it to make sure that that quote-unquote partners for life ceremony or wedding, whatever you want to call it, that that thing happened the night of cable television net, you know, network uh, ratings week, that final night when they wanted to have the top-rated show on cable television, if that makes sense. So they come up to you and say, "Listen, we're gonna make you guys gay lovers." Uh, at that at that point, are you are like you like? Listen, this is not really what I signed up for. Uh, or are you yeah, just you like, know, "Fuck it, let's do it." Good question, man. Oh, you know, so actually, I think it was Hunter Triple H, Paul Levesque. I think he came up to me. He was in the meeting and he just, he was came over laughing. He goes, "Ah, they're gonna make you and Billy gay, and they're gonna make you bleach your hair." And, he was laughing. I said, "Okay, whatever." I, don't, I had no idea what he was talking about. But then Sergeant Slaughter, you guys remember Sergeant Slaughter? Right? Yeah. He was a booking agent. He came up to me and said, "Hey, Chuck, you know, we just had a meeting, and we're gonna make you and Billy Gunn these these flamboyant characters." That's what he said, flamboyant characters. And you know, you'll have your bleach blonde hair, and you guys will be like, you know, the Adrian Adonis type. And honestly, I was just thinking they're gonna do something with me. That means they're probably gonna make some decent money. I didn't even. You know, I didn't care. I didn't care. I never took it personally. I actually, believe it or not, we had more fun <laughs> busting balls with that gimmick. <laughs> you know, it was we were we laughed to the we laughed all the way to the banks, man. We really did. 
Now, are you getting a lot of a lot of gay people? Are they sending you uh, emails and letters saying how much they like you? Are you getting hit on by a lot of guys at that point? Oh man, you know, <laughs> the funny thing was we were on the Today Show. Uh, we did like a press week where we went to like Howard Stern, we went to the Today Show, and we're on the Today Show, and we're we're live, I think, on that show, and Katie Couric and Matt Lauer and stuff, and and. People from GLAAD, the gay uh, lesbian activist group there, they were actually sending us to the station, to the network station, they were sending us wedding gifts. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Inside, I'm laughing. But there's a part of me inside going, oh, man, when these people find out, you know, this is a work, they they might hate us, you know? And... uh, the one thing I, I, I tried to say was, hey, look, I'm not gay, but I have nothing against gay people. You know, it was just a gimmick. Right. Gimmick, right. You know, but when you're getting uh, silver platters <laughs> and uh, silver silver uh, cutlery sets sent to the uh, network, you're going, oh, man. <laughs> Now, now, after you guys, like, because I, I remember watching that going, what am I watching? Because the whole crowd is yelling, like, F-words, like, fag. And all, it just Everyone's chanting that. And I'm, I'm like, what is going on right now on TV? I hadn't watched wrestling for years at that point. I remember ch- turning the station and just seeing two guys getting married. And then get, oh, right. and then a fight breaks out. Are, like, are people been mad at you guys for, like, duping them? Yeah, okay, good question. So, yeah, I think... There was a a portion of the people who were kind of mad because, you know, obviously we ribbed them. But honestly, I think our popularity, uh, you know, with the characters rose from that point because they were like, all right, here's these two guys who aren't afraid to have fun and go out and do gimmicks like that. Right. You know? Right. And because honestly, I thought, you know, none of us knew that gimmick was going to be successful. We We thought it was, you know, just doing this, doing this deal for that for that ratings week, and that's it. We thought it would die off quick. And, and honestly, you know, uh, homo and heterosexuals alike <laughs> loved loved the gimmick. You know, yeah, oh yeah. No, it was it was very funny. Uh, did you guys ever have to really make out or no? No, no, <laughs> no. We never. <laughs> no way. See, I, I wouldn't do that. Okay, that that would be too no much. Contact, no contact like that. You want a little hug or a pat in the ass? For the cameras, that's one thing, but that's where it ends, man. <laughs> got, got you, got you. Now, uh, now, after that, you became like the uh, Italian guy, right? You were the Italian dude. Yeah, yeah. Basically, um, the Billy and Chuck thing was was going strong, but um, Billy Gunn had injured his shoulder when we were wrestling up in uh, I think it was Ottawa, Canada, against uh, the Guerreros, and. Um, so anyway, he's home, and I, I think his contract was just about finished. I may be wrong, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And he was trying to, you know, work that out. And uh, they decided to, to squash the uh, billion chuck. Ah uh, oh, man, that thing! That thing was a it was a gold mine. It was a gold mine, man. And it was easy money. <laughs> that was, oh man, they, that, that that thing would like still go. I mean, who knows? They could have had an affair or something. They could have got back together. They could have really got married, man. Oh man! Hey, man. 
Will they get married? Yeah, they. <laughs> well, listen, man. Uh, we'd love to have you in studio. You live in San Diego. I know you're a big MMA fan. I see you at the events in MMA. I know that you train. Yeah. Do you do you still spar? Um, I haven't in a while. I was down at uh, Alliance for a while. Um, I've just been too busy. I'm actually building a bike right now for uh, for Dan Anderson. Oh, that's awesome. So, um, and I'm trying to get that bike finished here by the end of the month because I know he has his fight uh, coming up here real shortly and. I, I knew we wanted to try to get it by the end of the month, so I'm, I'm shooting for that. So I haven't had the time. I had I've really been, you know, focusing, uh, putting long uh, work weeks in on the bike. But yeah, um, I love training, and uh, when I can, I do. I'm a huge fan of the sport. Um, I appreciate you actually having me on the show because you know you've had some you've had some serious uh, some serious MMA legends on the show. So it's been uh, it's been nice to be a part of it. And yeah, I love to. Uh, I'd love to come in the studio one of these times. Yeah, man. Anytime you're in LA, we'd love to have you. Uh, you're you're a legend yourself, man. You're a six time WWE champion, WWE champion, and now you got a TV show on Discovery. I mean, that's that's amazing in itself. And your your girlfriend's very hot. She's like a law professor at like Berkeley she, or something. She or, is man. She's a, she, you're she insanely is. smart, hot woman. So I know that's. Uh... That's a great combination, right? Thank yeah, you. I know it's so funny because she's like she's like five one, ninety pounds, and and you're like you know six eleven, you know four eighty. So you guys are you guys are a very cute couple. So yeah, thanks, man. Thank you so much. Well, Chuck, man, it's an honor to have you on, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, sounds great. Thank all of you guys. Thank you very much. I appreciate Adam, and uh, always a pleasure, man. Oh, thanks a lot, man. Take care. Oh, I could have asked him so many different things. We're gonna have him in studio next time. Good. Yeah, he's an SD. So yeah, I'm. I'm. It's. It's. Are we on? Yeah. Oh, it's funny to me because like I'm a wrestling fan three times as long as I've been an MMA fan, and um, just doing that with him, like talking to him about it, and you know, hearing his side of the whole Billy and Chuck thing, which was. Very interesting, but I had no idea. Like the the glad people were sending him gifts. Oh, that so is absolutely funny. one of the that funniest things I've ever heard. Yeah, uh, Chuck was a tough dude, and you know, I I I knew about the invasion angle when they came over from WCW, and you know, all these guys were freaking out and like we don't want them here and whatnot. It, it's very interesting to me because you don't really re, MMA is such an uh, such a public sport. You know everything. As soon as it happens. Right. Wrestling, they keep so much backstage, under wraps, yeah, yeah. Under wraps everything, where information services, even 10 years later, the invasion angle was 2001. Yeah. So it's 15 years later, and you hear this stuff, and you're still like, that's amazing. Like, I, I, I couldn't imagine. But, like, the thing with Brock, I knew Brock was stiff. Bradshaw was stiff. Um it's so, it's very fun. We got to have a press conference right now between Efrain Escazero, Escadero, and Kevin Lee. Should be good. I'm so excited for this. This one should be good. Hello, hello, Efrain Escadero. Yep, this is him. Hey, you're on the MMA Roasted podcast. It's me, CB, Jean. How are you, man? Pretty good, man. How are yourself? Good. Big fan of yours. I've been a fan of yours since the Ultimate Fighter when you beat up Junie Browning. That might have been the best uh, thing in the history of sports, uh, any sport. <laughs> So, uh, how are you, man? I'm good, man. I'm uh, good. Just driving home after a good, good training session. Yeah, I mean, you've uh, you've really, you know, you, you since winning the Ultimate Fighter, you've had your career has really been up and down. But this is the third time back in the UFC, which shows your tenaciousness, 
how a lot of guys, they, they would have they called it in. They would have called it a career. They might have not come back. You keep coming back. Uh, you keep, you, you're always there. You're always fighting your heart out. And I give you a lot of credit, man. Hey, well, thank you, man. One of the things I do, man, I, I do it because I love this sport. I love the competition. I love uh, testing myself. You know, I don't, I don't like, you know, yes, it pays bills. It gives me money. So that's, that's a big plus, but you know, I have a college degree. I did, I did put myself to college. Uh, I do have a passion to do something with my life and a career aspect part of the way but as of right now fighting is the way for me to to make it yeah i mean you went to pima community college is that a real school yeah i went to pima community college and then uh <laughs> you know, it's a community college and then i transferred to grand canyon university oh nice 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 I, I was kidding i know it's a real school i was just joking um <laughs> so uh yeah no you uh you, you've come a long way i mean and you've beaten some really good guys uh you've beaten you know you've beaten cole miller uh, you, you've beaten some really tough guys. Uh, some guys uh, you haven't beaten. Um, now, I remember uh, when you first started, you had seven submissions in one year. You hold the record for most subs in one year. Uh, and then you sort of kind of fell in love with your power. Are you getting back to wrestling submissions? Or are you kind of sticking with that whole striking? No, I, uh, I, I'm doing everything, you know? I'm doing every aspect of, of the MMA world. I'm doing everything, no matter what it is. Like, you know, have I been working on my wrestling? Yes, I have. Have I been wrestling my striking? Yes, I have. You know, I'm trying to improve. What What's my game plan going into this next coming fight? Make sure everybody checks it out and stay tuned. I can't wait. So we're going to talk to your opponent right now, Kevin Lee. Tough guy. Tough guy. Outspoken. You guys are in a Twitter feud right now. Uh, which has been very entertaining. I think it's going to be a good fight. You guys, he's he's sort of a young upstart. Uh, you you you've had over thirty five fights, so you've you've been around the block uh, a couple times. Uh, what's your prediction for this fight? Well, the prediction. I, I mean, Kevin Kevin's a, a tough guy. You know, he comes out there. He, you know, he he's a hungry little young kid. You know, he's going to come out there swinging. But you know, I I don't care what he brings to the table. I know he's going to. You know, he he's going to come in there and he's going to try to beat me at every way possible. And I'm not going to let that happen. You know, I train with monsters. I, I go in there every fucking day and I put in my work. You know, there's nothing he can bring to this table that I have not already seen. I train, I train with, uh, you know, former UFC champion Benson Henderson. I train with Augusto Tequino Mendes, you know, world champion. I train with, like all these guys that give me so many different styles. So what is he going to bring to the table? Nothing I've never seen before. Nice. Well, let's call Kevin right now and get his thoughts on it. Hello. Hey, Kevin Lee. Yo, what's happening? What's up? You're on the MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, CB Gold, John, and your opponent, Efrain Escudero. You guys are fighting at UFC 197. This is going to be a good fight. That is right. Both you guys coming off losses, so you guys both are hungry for the, to get that win. Uh, why are you going to beat Efrain Escazero, Kevin Lee? Why am I going to beat him? Yep. I think the better question is, how am I not going to beat him? You know, I think oh. I'm better everywhere it is. You know, I'm, I'm I'm on my way over to the gym right now. We're putting together a master plan, but I don't even need one. Uh, I think it'll be pretty smooth. Uh, Efrain, would like to uh, comment on that? You know, he has his personal beliefs, you know. At the end of the day, I don't really care what he has to say. You know, usually he's going to be... He's going to mention that, you know, how is he going to beat me? How is he better, you know? But, hey, 
I yeah, I've been around the block. I I saw all kinds of people. So what is he? What is he gonna do? I don't really care. <laughs> if do. I decide to put you on your back, how, what are you? What are you gonna do about it? You know. And nothing you can do about it. You're going to take your little wrestling trophies from high school and uh, throw them in the trash when the fight's done. Okay, so you, you, if you decide to go in there and try to wrestle me, we're going to wrestle. And trust me, I ain't no, no slouch when it comes to wrestling. Now, <laughs> you want to go jiu-jitsu, I can go jiu-jitsu. No ifs, ands, or buts. I'm like, you know, I, I, there's no way. You know, I've seen your submission. You're good. You're good. Uh, I'll give you that. You can you can go back and forth. You, you do, but there's no way that you know. I go in and I train with like world class. You know, you train with uh, um, you train with world class jujitsu as well. But I'm not gonna like you know. It is gonna be me and you in the cage, and I can hold my own when it comes down to it. You know, you go in there. So if you say I go in there and you're gonna put me on my ass, well, good luck. Try it and then. You know, you're going to go and try it. You're going to try to go to, and then going to try to take me down. You're going to try to hold me down. You're going to try to get me tired. It doesn't matter whatever you try. I am ready for absolutely everything you got, Kevin. All right. Well then, well then, damn, it'll be a good fight then, and I'll and I'll cash that uh, fight of the night check if he holds up his word. But I don't think so. I think he's going to fold. I do think you, once he feels the power, he's going to go down. Do you think you got better striking than Efrain? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty obvious that I got better striking. Uh, you know, I, I'm at a point where I'm still evolving. You know, I don't. I don't think he's. Uh, I think he's he's gone stale. You know, I think he's he's doing the same things that he's been doing for years, and uh, I'm I'm continuing to add new things. So my last fights that you've seen, even even from last year, it's it's a totally different fight now. So, uh, you know, of course I do. Efren, you think you got better striking than Kevin? Uh, you know, it, it, like, it's, uh, first of all, it's not about being the best striker, man. It's like, whatever. You know, he says, he comes in and he says, once I feel the power and once I stand down, well, well let's, let's address that first. Once I feel the power, first of all, if we look at his record, he has zero knockouts. He has zero, he has zero, <laughs> like, knockouts or TKOs on his record. So, you know, we're not speaking a lot, very much of his record. You know, I do spark Joe the Riggs a lot of the times, and I sit there, and I don't mind going bang-to-bang with Joe Diesel Riggs, you know? I do have that <laughs> Which Joe is 50 and old and has 100 MMA fights, uh, you know, shot uh, and chinny, yeah, that, and if that, you don't respect the is, power, then you'd be a dumbass. That is I guarantee one, that you, is you can say that. that. You can say that now, but uh, I guarantee when we get in there, you'll respect it. And if you don't, oh, no. then I, I, I respect hallelujah it. Like, me. You know, there, there, there's, a, there's a difference between respecting it and fearing it. I, I respect I, I respect you in every way possible when it comes down to a person as a, like, you know, as a professional fighter. I respect you. You're a great guy. You're trying to make a living. As a person, I wish you nothing but the best to you and your wife. I have no idea who you are outside of the profession, and I wish you the best. But when it comes down to fighting and you're getting into this cage against me, I don't give two damn craps like about your power, your jiu-jitsu, and your wrestling. I am going in there to do execute my game plan, and I will do it just because my mindset is so much. You guys have been babied all, you know, I've been in here since 2008. When I had to come in through the Ultimate Fighter, I put in my work. I've done everything. And yes, you are 100% right. I did go stealth for a while. You, I, I did I went in there, and I was trying to, like, you know, 
I did spell spell. I, I was the same fighter that I was going in. I had to make some remorsely and very crucial train, uh, changes to my game plan, and I am back in the UFC making a run, and I'm going to make it happen. Wow. So, um, okay. so, so Kevin, uh, he says that you've been babied. Uh, do you think you've been babied? Have I been babied? Yeah. No. I mean, you, you, like you said, look, look at my record, you know, look at my record and tell me that I've been babied uh, from fight one, you know. Uh, I don't think I, I, I haven't taken on a, a, a easy fight since, you know, this is the first fight that they've given me that I've asked for. So uh, have I been baby? I mean, you can ask anybody. Have I been baby? You, if, if I've been baby, there'd be 10 knockouts on my record, you know, right. It'd be, it'd be easy. It'd be easy money. You know, I, I'm, I'm in there and I'm in wars. You, you look at my fights. I'm, I'm in tough fights, you know, with guys uh, with much better records than me. Everybody that I've fought has, has had even, uh, even record with me or better records. So, uh, you know, have I been baby? Of course, you know, come on, come on. But, you know, it's just something to say. But Kevin, uh, you know, you said Efren has high school wrestling. He was a junior college all American. I mean, that's pretty good wrestling. Uh, probably, probably. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I have no idea actually. Uh, I think he's from. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's over here on the West Coast somewhere where they can can hardly spell wrestling. So, <laughs> uh, am I? Am I? you know, nervous about it. Not, not at all. You know, I, I think he and I both know that I'm a better wrestler. So, you know, it, it'll be what it is. And, it, and we'll find that on the case. Usually a lot of people say that, you know, and that's what I like. I like, I, I, I like his confidence because once we step in the cage, I want him to be confident. I want him to feel like what it is, you know? And, and yeah, you know, I, I'll feel him that he's, he, he's from Detroit. I mean, He's from the nice side of Detroit, but he's from Detroit. So, you're from the nice side. Now, is Detroit worse than Mexico, or no? Is it worse than Mexico, Detroit, or no? Huh? Is it is Detroit worse than Mexico? It seems I, like. I, well, you know, there's some parts in Detroit where it's fucking just like Mexico, but there's like some parts in Mexico that you know you don't want to go in there. Not even myself, being Mexican, want to go in there. Right. Right. Uh, who do you think who, who do you think got hotter girls growing up? Because I know Kevin Lee said he only got tens and and like elevens. Uh, Efren, I mean, you being this like Mexican stud wrestler, were you just getting hot senoritas? Yeah, you know, one of the things that we did that our coaches it was a mandatory. I I, I couldn't. I was trying to get a scholarship, but I was too damn broke to fuck. My parents didn't really have the money to send me to college, so I I was too busy trying to wrestle. And our coach would not let us have wrestling. Uh, uh, wouldn't have a, let us have girlfriends during wrestling season. But when I got mine, they were pretty good. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's a terrible coach, by the yeah. way. That's an awful. Fire that coach. That guy, that guy sounds like a horrible coach. Um, now, who do you think has a better team? I mean, Kevin Lee trains at Extreme Couture. He trains with Drysdale. He trains with Floyd Mayweather. I, I do my own training camps. You know, uh, as far as who's got the better team. You know, if this was the NBA, if this was an NBA draft pick, uh, John Crouch would uh, trade your frame for me nine times out of ten. He might even throw a couple other guys just, to get the, just to get an even trade, you know? Your boy would be the number one draft pick for sure. Uh, if you ask him who got a better team, we should call John Crouch in on this one. Uh, I think for sure, you know. So you think, I mean, now Kevin, and now Efren, uh, Kevin got stopped in his last fight. Do you think you have a better chin than Kevin? 
I, I, I know, I know that for a fact. You know, my chin's been, my chin's been tested. You know, this is, my, I've, I've, this is what my 12 fight UFC fight. I've never been dropped. Never been, never been, uh, you know, put down or anything. So, you know, my chin, my chin's been tested. Uh, one day it's gonna catch up to me, and you know, but as of right now, I don't think. I, you know, I, I have pretty good movement. I have pretty good pressure. I, you know, going in there. And then to address something that he said about his number one pick. Come on, man. You know, we both sure know that you ain't got fucking, you know, you wouldn't be like, like you would be like Johnny Manziel. You're fucking going there, and you'll be the biggest butt. Wow, that's that's a fight on my block. Holy shit, he called yeah, you Johnny I know, Football. I don't, know, I don't know who that is, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we, had, we like I said, we can we can ask Don Crawford. Would trade me for for you anytime, any day of the week. You know, he's looking at the kid with the bigger upside in uh, the better future, and you know, sometimes I mean, it's it's normal. You know, that the old has to fade and the new has to come in. So. Right, uh, you know he's a smart businessman. He would know. Now, 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 Kevin, um, you wanted the Khabib fight. You called out being stopped in my last fight. Uh, I mean, watch the fight. There was no moment where I ever gave up. You know, uh, e- even after I got, yeah, I got hit with a good punch. You know, and I uh, broke my ankle and you know and 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 wobbled on the way up. But it, there was no point that I was ever. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was an early stoppage for one, and there was no point that I ever gave up. You know, he's had fights where he's given up and just laid on his back for the whole time. Uh, you ain't never seen that with me. So, you know, as far as, you know, if, if he wants to bank on, you know, catching a lucky punch and catching me, you know, that's what desperate fighters do. Uh, that's what guys with low fight IQ, they bank, oh, I'm going to catch him, you know, because I, I know I don't have the skill to beat him anywhere else. And hopefully I catch him about the first round, second round, whatever you do. Uh, if you got to bank on that, then, uh, you know, you're already behind on the, uh, in the fight. How's your weight cut, Kev? Oh, weight's going good, you know. Uh, still the same size, you know. I'm big. I'm much bigger for this weight class than a lot of guys at 55. So, uh, you know, weight cut's going good. Weight cut will be smooth, just like always. And now, Efren, uh, there have been a couple fights where you've missed weight. How's your weight cut going? My weight's good, man. You know, I wrestled uh, 13 years, you know, for my whole life. I, I fought, won the Ultimate Fighter. I did a bunch of shit. You know, and I never in my life knew how to fucking diet. I just fucking, I was a hard-headed guy that I just went out there and I fucking tried to make weight. But then I decided I'm getting a little older and I need to be fucking more professional about this. So I've been hiring it for the last four fights. I've hired a nutritionist. Fucking helped me with my weight cut. No problem. Easy cut. You know, right now I'm fucking... Got some of that flab off, huh? <laughs> yeah, sure. Don't worry, I, I'll, I'll test it out. I'll, I'll hit the body and we'll see. Uh, we'll see if that flap holds up. Oh, I, well, I, come on, you have to. You have to be able to hit it first. I mean, you're gonna swing at it, but you. I mean, hitting it is a different story. This is gonna be a good fight. This is gonna be. A, I can't wait for this fight, man. I, I was excited for this. I'm fight excited for this. Professor. Is this is more than I'm, I'm looking forward to this than the OSP Jones fight. This is the fight I want to see. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Lee, young upstart, cocky, brash. Hardworking Efren. He's had seventy-seven fights. Uh, he's he's been around the block. He's tough. He won the Ultimate Fighter. He's made it to and from the UFC three times. This is a good fight right here. Good fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll be a main event, and it, and it's opening up tonight. You know, uh, it's giving me just enough time to to go back, knock him out, make a hundred G's. <laughs> get showered and be drunk before the uh, Pettis and Barbosa fight. So uh, I'm looking forward to it too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, hey, that's a 
that's a one hell of a prediction. But <laughs> hey, you know, I I I doubt it. You know, I I fucking like you know, he might pray to the gods and he can may continue to pray to the gods, but that shit ain't happening. I hope you guys know that. <laughs> It's, it's gonna it's it's gonna be a good fight now, Kevin. You wanted the Khabib fight, uh, but they they wouldn't give it that to you. True. They wouldn't give it to you. That is that is true. And you know they approached Khabib with the fight, and uh, Khabib said he didn't want to fight. He said he wanted to wait, you know, until July and hopefully get the title shot. But you know, the very next day they find some debuter that you know never fought in the UFC and he's gonna kick the shit out of. Uh, you know, do I blame it? No, it's good business for him. You know, he he knows. Uh, you know, I, I think the guys over at AKA know that I'm a tough fight for him. And, uh, you know, it was smart. It was a smart business move because he can hold on to that uh, RDA title fight and make make a couple of dollars. So, uh, you know, I'm not even too, I wasn't even too worried about it. Wasn't too stressed, you know. I, I seen the opportunity. I was like, fuck it. We'll jump the line here a little bit. But, you know, uh, yeah, it, it, either way, it'll come after, uh, after, after effort. Now, are you going to try to uh, test Efren's cardio at all? Because it seems like sometimes he's had some cardio issues. Um, you know, I think, I think we both know I got better cardio. You know, uh, just off the age factor alone. You know, I mean, I, I'm still young in the game. I'm much faster, and uh, you know, I, and my cardio has already been tested multiple times, even at like high elevations, and you know, going over and fighting in New Mexico, and you know, uh, I, I. I it, if his cardio is a problem, it'll definitely show. Efren, would like to uh, res- res- respond to that? Uh, you know, he might he might think I'm out of shape. You know, if you look at my last last fight in Denver, you know, cardio wasn't an issue. Mexico City wasn't an issue. You know, like my cardio hasn't been an issue for, you know. So I am I'm. Hey, so we'll we, we, we see him fight night. We'll we'll see him weigh in day actually if he gets some of that flab off of him. His cardio will be. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, he, he might want to like, you know, he, he's trying to go off the physique and like trying to look pretty and that's all good for him. You know, I, I like, you know, that that's making him good. You know, his, his wife will, will enjoy him and, and he will feel good about it. But, <laughs> you know, when I go in there, I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to soften off his body, you know, like, so in other words, yeah, he's getting ready so I can soften him up a little bit. Nice. I can't wait for this fight. This is going to be a good fight. This, all right. So, what's yeah, your prediction? And, then, and one, and what, and one of the other things too. You know, he wanted to out the Khabib fight. He wanted the Khabib fight. I know exactly why he wanted it. You know, come on, you ain't bullshitting nobody. You know, because you lose to Khabib, at least you lost to a top contender. If you once you lose to me, lose to Khabib, you you like, you're like, holy shit! Like now, I lost to Efren. Effort moving up the ranks, regardless, and like, okay, so now where does that leave me? Now I'm going back to fighting a fucking uh, a new incomer, and I have to make my way back. So that's that's really why you wanted it. Come on, don't bullshit anybody. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> First, I mean, I'm still laughing off the lose to the beat part, you know. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just it was an easy fight. I think I think actually the beat would be an easier fight than Effort. That's the that's the uh, that's the reality of it. I mean, we're talking about a Khabib that beat uh, you know, Dos Anjos. Khabib, Khabib has not lost a fight in the UFC. He hasn't pretty much. Yeah, but he's you know, but he's but he's uh, you know, it's, it's not much to worry about with Khabib. You know what I mean? So, and and like you said, he's higher up in the ranks, and uh, it'll shoot me up there faster. But either way, I'm going to get there. It doesn't matter. You know, it did. Do I did I even factor in losing to either one? Of course not. I mean, that, that, that's ridiculous. Nice. I can't wait. Uh, now, uh, you're, 
Now you're with Tip a Fighter. Uh, so by the way, Kevin Lee, if if you guys like the way Kevin Lee fights, throw this dude some money. Uh, there's a thing called Tip for Tip a Fighter, Efrain, uh, where the fighters can tip you. In the, in the past, we've had fights where uh, we've had tips, and the winner gets to lose his tips. Uh, Efren, are you down for that? Wait, run that by me again? There's a thing called tip a fighter where you sign up and the crowd can tip you. They throw, give you money if they like the way you fight. And, and in the past, the guy you fought as a tip a fighter, the, the winner gets to lose his tips. Shit, I don't give a shit. Nice. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm trying to like shoot for that 50 grand. So. Yeah, exactly. I can't wait for this fight. Okay, so, Kevin, your prediction for this fight is what? He'll fold. He'll fold either way, you know, whether it'll be a, 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 a knockout, a submission, or, or a decision, but either way he'll fold, and it'll be uh, somewhere in the second round that he'll, that he'll give up and, and uh, you know, go into a defensive mode. Efren, your prediction? I think I'm, I, I, will, I will stop him somehow, some way in the third round. Third round stoppage. I can't wait for this fight. Well, listen, guys, uh, I will be there, 197. I'm actually shooting a TV show that day in Vegas, and I'm getting tickets to the fight. I cannot wait to watch you guys throw down. You're both amazing fighters, top of your game, two of the best athletes in the world, two of the best fighters in the world. It's an honor to have you on. Best of luck to both of you guys. All right, thanks, man. Thank Thank you, my man. As always, Adam, you already know. Thank you, guys. Take care. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. Let's tell listeners about our podcast, A Waste of Time with It's The Real. Yes, we came up with the idea for a podcast where it was going to be a dinner party style conversation on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. All of our rapper friends were going to come over, but then the press release went out and it said that it was going to be a dinner party. And we were like, oh no, we have to cook for all these rappers. And so we have. We've had people like Jadakiss and Mac Miller and Migos. They're all here to tell stories and they end up being fed, which is great. Yeah, a little surprise. Check us out, A Waste of Time with It's The Real, with new episodes every Tuesday. Yes, download, rate, and subscribe on iTunes or check us out on sideshownetwork.tv slash it's the real. We out you. All right. That was great. That That was was amazing. That was the press conference. That was was fantastic. What? By the way, uh, that press conference is brought to you by Decipher. It's a lifestyle firm that specializes in individualized consulting. Call for strategic advising and support. Whether you need help for a short-term focus goal or long-term career management, Decipher helps by accessing a network of really, really smart uh, specialists. They work together. They, uh, they offer mental coaching, personal advising, career micromanagement, as well as contract negotiations and mediation. So... Call them today. They've helped everyone from CEOs to actors to MMA fighters to boxers, comedians, salespeople, house moms, and yes, even porn stars. Call them today at 1-888-731-COACH. That's 1-888-731-2622. So yeah, that, I'm excited for that fight. Uh, it's going to be a good fight. That's going to be a really good fight. Um, Kevin Lee. Uh, I think Kevin Lee wins. You think so? Yeah. I mean, I like Kevin in general. He's been on the show. Yeah. He's a really nice guy. I've met Efren, too. Um, just was never super sold on Escudero. I know he's a tough kid, very talented. I just I got Kevin Lee in that one. I think he's coming off that loss, and he's ready to just burn whoever's in front of him. I think that Kevin's last loss uh, was probably a very humbling experience for him. Yeah. And I think maybe he needed that. Uh, because you know he's one of these guys that has such great belief in himself, which is what you need in the sport. Anything you want to do, at the same time, you also have to know. It's like if I go onto a show and I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill. 
There's no way I'm going to bomb. There's no way I'm ever going to bomb again. You're going to bomb. You're going to bomb. You're going to, you're going to fall. But you have to have it knowing that in the back of your head that you can bomb. I think Kevin in some ways started believing his own hype a little bit and did not think he can get caught. Uh, at the same time, I think he's one of the most talented people in the UFC. Uh, I think his career is, you know, he's a, you're right. He's a great guy. He's a, a friend. And he's also pot- potential limitless. I mean, limitless potential. Uh, he has everything. He has wrestling. He's got striking. He's got jujitsu. He's got everything. He just needs to know that, look, everyone can get caught. And your chin is just, no one has an iron chin. I don't know. I mean, maybe Roy Nelson. Uh, no, probably, not even anymore. You know, I mean, has, has there ever been a guy that has not been stopped in the history of the UFC? Has not been dropped? Uh, that hasn't been knocked Patrick out? Patrick Cote has never been knocked out. I mean, there's certain guys, but then, then you'll hear other fighters say something like, you know, well, then he hasn't fought the right guy. Diego Sanchez exactly. never, I mean, he's been dropped, never been knocked out. You can never, you can never really say because even if a guy retires, never being knocked out, it's like, well, but he didn't fight that guy or he didn't yeah. do that. Right. It, it, it's, it's a tough position to be in. I mean, and in the, terms of Kevin, I'm extreme couture alumni, so I kind of yeah. have to go with him anyways. At the same time, Escudero's no slouch. And no, not at all. He's and also a guy that uh, has fought guys that were ranked higher than Kevin. And he's fought, he is, there's nothing that he probably hasn't seen in there. And that experience no. factor is, I mean, he's just been there. He's been to the top and bottom and top and bottom. I mean, you're talking about a guy who won the Ultimate Fighter. And then lost an RFA fight to Tyson Griffin, and then lost to uh, he lost to Dakota Cochran in a fight one time, you know. And then he made his way back into the UFC. He had to go to Bellator, and I mean, he's been up and down and up and down. I'm happy he's been up because he seems like a nice guy. I'm looking forward to the fight. I think the 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 fans win this fight, and I think that 197 needs us because that John Jones Cormier they took a big hit with that. It was a major hit, and and even when they announced this fight, we were recording at the time. When they yeah. announced Lee and Escudero, and I looked at it, I'm like, that's a good fight. Like, Kevin Lee wants to get back in there. Efren wants to get in there and get another name under his belt. I mean, having if, if he beats Kevin Lee, he beat Kevin Lee. That's yeah. that's a big name. Um, and Escudero, you know, he's got the experience, like you said, because he has bounced in and out of the UFC so many times. He's been all over the place. So there's not much that he hasn't seen. It's just a matter of the experience meeting the talent and whether he can, you know, jump on that opportunity or is Kevin Lee going to be too much for him? And it goes the other way in terms of Kevin Lee and Khabib it'd be a good fight. It'd be a good fight for him if he would have gotten it because Khabib's two years on the couch, but that that that's a tough sell. It's hard to see anybody beating Khabib at fifty five. Anyone, uh, based on the fact of how he just ragged all the Dos Anjos yeah, really and how good. On his knee. Right, depends on his knee. Uh, now, uh, something uh, else. So Kevin Lee. At the same time, Escudero. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm excited for that fight. I'm excited for that fight. Good fights this weekend coming yeah, up. We have an amazing card I this weekend. This card. this card from the fight pass prelims oh. all the way to the main event. It is just so stacked. Tell us about it. Uh, well, first off, one of your new favorites is stepping in. Who's that? To fight Olawale Bangbos. Oh, Bangbos. I like him. He stepped in for Kyle Magales. <laughs> yeah, okay. Against Cesar Mutanch. Yes. And I think Bangbos gets the knockout in the first round. Bangbos looked good. He, looked, he had a tough time against uh, Uriah Hall, but That's Uriah Hall is a, uh, yeah. Um, Go on. Who else? Um, you got John Dotson going back to 135 to Ooh. fight Manny Gamburian. Wow. I like Dotson all day long. Yeah, that. So do I. But it's a fun fight. I love John Dotson. He's one of my favorite people. Uh, he's a good guy, too. He's 
I didn't know he was even following me. And then I'm like, who wants to be, who wants to be roasted? And he's like, keep roasting me, man. You make me laugh. He's such a good kid. He's, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not a kid. He's a man, but he's still like a kid because he's small. He, he's but, a lot of fun. He is. He's yeah. a really good fighter. Um, Cub Swanson making his return. Oh, we go. Yeah. And Cub was upset yes. that he wasn't on the, um, the main card. I mean, the main card's a little stacked. Yeah, but I mean, it's still Cub Swanson. He hasn't won a fight in a while. So well, who's he fighting? Like, Frankie sell. Edgar and Max Holloway. The, okay, number two and three, but it's, it's number one and two. The other ones going on there right yeah, now. I don't think he's he's got I mean, heat, but those that other car, the top there, of the card, nonsense. There's John. two other. You got Betch Cohea and Raquel Pennington. Oh, on Cubs the prelims. Over that. Oh, on the prelims too. No, on the prelims. That's a a women's slugfest. Yes. They're gonna kick the shit Who out of it? each other. It's uh, Betch Cohea. Yep. And Raquel Pennington, Rocky. Ooh, I don't know. Beshka Hay, I think, lost a lot of her steam with that Ronda fight. I just, she did, but it could Raquel be a Pennington nice Raquel Pennington hits hard. Raquel's yeah. a tough-hitting, hard-hitting lesbian. She's still up and coming. She's, <laughs> you always have to bring She is. I love the facts. Dude, one time we were, I was like hitting on girls a couple of years ago at like the fight expo. There was two cute girls, and she just completely... Cock blocked me, uh, but and and won. Uh, but well, I, I, she'll, she'll kick your ass. Yeah, I, like, she's, I guess what do they call now? They they call them studs. Uh, it's like a she's new. Not a stud. You don't think she's not a stud? Yeah, I, I no, don't even know more, what that is. Um, it's like I a, don't quite know, but I think it's like a lesbian who who they're is like more butchy, but they think they're more uh, studly. I think she's a stud. No, no, she's not a stud. She she still looks. She's still a feminine. Yeah, she's still, okay. Yeah. Oh, she's not a stud. Yeah. I don't know what's the what's the one under that. She's kind of hot in a stamp, weird, stamp? trashy way. Like if she I wasn't, no a, it's like a blend. I don't. I wouldn't consider Raquel uh, a stud. All right, yeah. who else? Who else? Uh, you, got? you got two of the MMA roasted show uh, people that have been on the show. Who? Benil Dariush. Oh yeah. Against Michael Chiesa. <laughs> oh. Fuck. Oh, man. That's the main event of the prelims. Oh, that's a tough fight. It's so hard to call. Oh, man. Benny has got that, like, ape strength where he just, like, and he's such a good guy. Maybe the nice guy I remember in my life. And he trains at Kings, which means he's been working with fucking killers but on his striking. But Kiesa is a grinder, Kiesa man. Kiesa never quits. That guy will never quit. be 35 fucking rounds and I he'll still be going. I expect this to be the slugfest. Yeah, this is going to be a good fight. I, you know, be... or it could turn into a nice grappling matchup. It could turn into a very beautiful grappling He's job. crazy. I told, I talked to Kiesa after the Jim Miller fight and I was like, weren't you worried he's going to break your leg? He's like, that's what I was hoping for because I'd be on top of him punching him with a broken leg. Like, he He's nuts. He's, he is nuts. And, and, you know, it's funny because when he was on The Ultimate Fighter, I met him like a few days before the, the finale when he was fighting Iaquinta. And he was like one of the most soft-spoken, like just very, yeah. very quiet guys. And he was like, yeah, I'm just excited. I love my fans. I just want to do well, you know. Yeah. And now he's like, they shouldn't have fucking stopped the Lozon fight. I wasn't done, motherfucker. Hey, he's low-key crazy. He's crazy. He's crazy. This is, this is a hell of a match. All right, I'm what so else? Excited. CB, what else we got? Thug Rose Nami Yunus oh! versus Tisha Torres. Yes, yes. Oh man, oh, a man. rematch, a rematch. Who won the first one? From the Invicta days. Tisha, Tisha. Torres beat her. Tisha, my Tisha beat her. But that Your was nips a... are hard. I Jesus so Christ! Oh, I so wow, that's a, that's a hard nipple matchup now, right here, folks. Now you being Puerto Rican, are they very dark I, nipples? They seem like no. they'd be very. Honestly, <laughs> I'll show you after. Really? Yeah. Wow. That was. I'm gonna leave before that happens. I gotta go home. I have a girl now. I'm allowed to see your nipples. Probably, I'm allowed to see them. Uh, um, that's that's. I love her. I, I have a little girl crush on Rose. Really? Even with the shaved, even actually. with the shaved head. Because oh, yeah. I like the shaved head. I, like I think it looks good head. on her. Uh, I think no. it looks good. Come on, on. no, it doesn't. Uh, no, like you know it doesn't look bad. It looks like a ten-year-old boy. I'm afraid to talk to her though, because Pat Barry will kick me in the head. He's a nice guy. They're no, both I know he's super he's nice. one of the nicest guys in the business. But that's that matchup. 
I mean, All right, Tisha's let me talk about it. That's, that's like my show. All right, so uh, Tisha, I like Tisha Torres she's in this lesbian. fight. No, not a lesbian. She's not. I, I met her ex-boyfriend or ex-guy she was dating. Yeah, she's, she's straight. She's okay. super straight, super cool, very Sorry, sweet. Tisha. She's ripped. Uh, her oh, body, yeah. when she's not fighting, her body is insane. Like, she has, she just has this, like, She's Isn't like she tiny, athletic tiny, enough. Tiny tornado. Tiny tornado. Athletic enough, and she wears these little. These, I mean, she looks smoking hot when she when she gets fighting. She gets a little bit too skinny and diesel uh, for my liking. But uh, she looks when she has a little thick, uh, little meat on her. I love Tisha. Such a sweetheart. Uh, against Thug Rose in this fight, I'm picking Tisha. I think it's going to be a stand up fight. Oh. Tisha's not dumb enough to get on the ground with her. On the ground, I like Thug Rose all day, but yes. uh, I think she's going to keep it standing. I think Paige Van Zant. Um, she didn't have the skills to to match up with. She with was Rose. And what and, what the people in Team Alpha Male told me was that the world found out. Well, one guy told me this that like <laughs> don't throw them all under the bus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, that, you, you finish the rest. Of, finish the sentence yourself, okay? But but uh, yeah, I'm thinking that Paige Van Zant was not ready, thrown in too too much too soon, and I think Tisha I takes this one. You, I got Rose. I love Rose. The only thing I'm worried about with Tisha, and this isn't known by a lot of people, but she's working on her master's right now. Oh, what is she doing? What and an idiot. she has two papers this week due right before the weigh-ins. How do you know this? Road to the Octagon. <laughs> Road to the oh. Octagon. I was on this weekend. Plus, oh, it was on, um, I think Saturday it was on. John Jones got pulled over five times on watching Road to the Octagon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's the only thing. You know, you get you get your mindset in somewhere else. And yeah, that's, that's a big not good. deal, the master's. But... It's still a great fight. I think it's th- going to deliver. I- I'm very excited. I okay. Really okay. All right, what else we got? Um, well, you got the new guy against Khabib, which I found out before the show that it is a 160-pound catchweight. It's not 155. I think they're trying to give this Daryl Horcher His a in, little right? bit of leeway. Yeah. I still like – I, I, I don't know Daryl Horcher. Uh, uh, so I think Khabib. Go on. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I agree. Um <laughs> Hendo and Leoto, like we discussed earlier. Leoto all day. What Does else? the loser have to go into a retirement home? Yeah, really. Well, Leoto still has, I think, can still is still competitive, and I still think Leoto still has a run in him. He does. You think he has Bottom. a title run in him at one five? If, if, he, if he wins the three or four fights, yes, he does. Three or four. If three he beats, two or three. If he he's beats like five or six. Look he, at the guys he's behind. He, he, no his way. only like recent wins was like Dalloway and um, Munoz. I mean, he hasn't looked great, and if you look at the middleweight landscape. He would have to fight a Jacare. He Romero knocked him out right. in the most recent one. He was winning that fight, though, before that. I'd like to see, you know, uh, Leoto Anderson before his career is over because that could be interesting. But they're like best friends. They won't fight. Anyways, the main event is Rashad Evans and Glover Teixeira. Yeah. I like Rashad all day long in this fight. Uh, Rashad's coming on our podcast. He's a friend of mine. He's a great dude. Uh, Rashad Evans all day long in this fight. Rashad, uh, you? You know, I like Rashad. Um, I hope he uses his wrestling instead of trying to stand with Glover because Glover's a heavy hitter. His wrestling we've seen is not uh, stupendous. He's been taken down. I know Phil wrestled him down right. pretty easily. So if Rashad uses his wrestling, I think he can do a good job. Um, I had Glover. I'm torn. I'm torn. I'm torn. I'm really torn. I like right. both guys. Okay. Rashad always puts on a great show. Yeah. No, he doesn't. He more, put, more, no. more than not. Against Bader, he didn't. He's a good character. Uh, against Leota, he didn't. Uh, but okay, all right. But I have mixed mixed feelings that 
floor me for saying it. I don't know if he seems as hungry as when he first popped up, if he still wants it. Glover does seem hungry, and I think he's he's got the skills to beat him. I think he also needs a big fight in order to – I think who's he fight after this? Would he fight Gustafson? I think that would be a good matchup. Rashad versus Gustafson or Glover no, um, Gustafson? Uh, Glover versus Gustafson. Or Rashad Gustafson. Yeah, uh, but I like but Rashad I, all day in this. Teixeira needs, needs the win. I think he uh, – I'd like to see him win. Hmm. I'd like to see him win. I'm excited. So way. Saturday is now we, okay. Uh, we also have a Bellator returning this weekend. Oh, we who's the in Bellator? Italy card. So you have the the Italian card mixed with the new Bellator kickboxing oh, card. Oh, God, enough. Bellator, enough with the gimmicks. Enough. Uh, people, honestly, MMA and kickboxing are great separate sports. When you have these hybrid shows of Bellator, it doesn't work. I'm sorry it doesn't work. Uh, people that want to watch MMA, watch MMA, kickboxing, kickboxing. And also you get into like, it's like mixing music and comedy. You get into a certain... Maybe not exactly the same, but you, you get into a you get into a certain type of rhythm in your head, and then you switch the rules, and it's just I I don't like it. Bellator just stick to fighting, uh, stick to kickboxing, and then stick to MMA. Stop trying to fuse everything. It's it's annoying. It is, it is like a split down the middle card. There are some good matchups on there. Uh, Patricky Pitbull's fighting. Who's he fighting? Uh, just recent replacement. He was supposed to fight Derek Campos. But? Campos got injured. Kevin Souza's in. Okay. Um, Didn't he play Hercules? <laughs> Isn't that Kevin Sorbo? <laughs> oh, okay. Go on. Um, Bubba's training partner, AJ McKee, uh, yeah, who's is he fighting? on that card. Uh, Danilo Belwardo. No Wikipedia page. So awesome. I think AJ's an up-and-comer, future champion. AJ wins that fight. Um, and then the debut... I. I I think it's the debut of her second fight, this Anastasia Yankova, this really hot, um, she's a 125-er female, and they've been touting her All right. huge. And then the kickboxing side, there's really, um, I, don't, I don't know. Melvin Manhoof is on the Oh, court. nice. So, Someone's getting knocked out. When Manhoof fights, usually someone gets knocked out. And in terms of kickboxing and somebody we spoke on the show about, who's not on the card this weekend, but is in the news. Uh, Tiffany Van Sos, yes, the Lion Fight champion, almost had to sell her belt. Tiffany Time Bomb s- signed by Invicta. Came to my birthday party with Carla Esparza. I like Tiffany. She's a friend of mine. She's funny. She's like a a hot chick, uh, but she does not know it. She's a super. She's one, which is I think the best kind of hot. When girls who are smoking hot, but they don't act like it. Well, you got um, a better chance at that point if they don't. If they know they're hot, it's like. I, I don't want to do that. Honestly, with the this. best girls, I think, are the ones that were not hot when they were younger, became hot because they still have that mentality of, like, I used to be a fat chick. So they, uh, they develop a really good personality and now they're hot because those girls are attainable and super hot. Those are the best. So, ones. yeah, Tiffany signed with Invicta. Yeah. And she's also going to be debuting with Glory on May 13th at the card in Ontario, California. Okay. Well, so if, uh, people who are wondering where Jake Ellenberger is, he said he got rear ended. Like, he's waiting for the cops to come on, the cops to come. So he's not coming. Where Bubba is, I have no idea. This is, it's, it's always great to have a podcast. Podcast uh, where your co-hosts sometimes just don't show up, don't say why they're not showing up. It's always a good time. Bubba, we miss you. All but, I could think, but I'd love to hear uh, Bubba and Kevin Lee do a press conference. I think that'd be oh, such they were fighting each other. Shit, 
talking if they were yeah if that would ever to happen but i think that'd be such good shit talking yeah yeah kevin lee is funny man that's gonna be a good fight yeah. i'm actually i'm actually i shot i'm not getting knee surgery so instead i'm going to uh why they push it back so far though the, i don't know kaiser permanente they make it they <laughs> make you do it three months in advance you think okay i can't get it monday i'll get it on thursday or i'll get it whatever no three months in advance i have to wait so i gotta push to fucking july uh they don't even have a date yet but i did book a tv show so that's good you know but i'm filming it in vegas so hopefully i'll be out early enough where i can score a ticket to uh 200 yes which would be awesome and which ladies be, and gentlemen not 200 to 197 uh because it's it's just, april, so it's 23rd. april 23rd oh. i will be at 200 uh the stratosphere uh i have a lot of new jokes guys i'm excited to tell them uh a ton of new material some of the ones i've heard yeah some of the ones yeah some of the ones you've heard they're, they're awesome and my and some also some brand new ones so it's good i'm, I'm working on new shit um, is Leslie opening for you in July? Hopefully. Hope she's still alive. Uh, no, uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, you're going to shock the world. You're going to shock the world if she's still alive. I'm fucking. I, well, maybe she'll be so happy that she beat Cyborg. She partied and then got into. No, I'm, I'm no. She's going to win. I'm putting money on Leslie. her. I'm putting money on Everyone Leslie. at a plus 625, there's yes. no reason not to. I thought you were stopping betting. Oh, come on. No. <laughs> Let's be realistic he has here. Issues. I'm going to stop betting. Oh I have God, lots guys, of I issues. He's got more issues than a fucking magazine stand. That's come on a, now. Let me guess. You wrote that. All right. So, so <laughs> what Thanks. else? Thanks. <laughs> what I, else? I don't live with funny. I record with funny. Uh, by the way, my TV show is on tomorrow night on the Oxygen channel. It's going to be on 10 times during the uh, next week. Oxygen. Living, uh, living with funny. Make sure you DVR it. Uh, it's me, D-Ray, Lavelle Crawford, Michael Blackson, and uh, some other stuff. What's the worst job you ever had, John? Oh, worst job I ever had. Um, wow. My first job was actually selling shoes. I worked at a shoe store in our neighborhood. And that was terrible? It wasn't. Yeah, you know, it's the cliche woman trying to, you know, hey, I have this, you know, size eight. No, 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 I'm a seven. And were you going to cut off your toes to? And like, and like New York? Yeah. Yes. And, yeah, it's, and CB, what's your worst job? Uh, I really haven't had that many, but yeah. probably selling cars. You sold, you sold cars? I used to work at uh, Keys Mercedes on Van Nuys. Did people think that they were bombs in them because you no. sold to them or no? No, I mean, I did decent, but like you're there six days a week, 16 hour days. Uh, it just. Yeah, it's a tough job. My, it, my, uh, my, my, uh, my brother does that. He's really good at it, but it's tough. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I've had, uh, so Bubba can't cause he, he, someone, his, his car's out till next, till Friday. He just found out he can make the next one of CB can scoop, scoop him up, uh, what Thursday, day? Thursday, three to five. One of the worst jobs I've, I've had so many bad, I was telling my friends some, some terrible jobs I've had, but one of them was, uh, is this back home? Uh, yeah, I, I got, I was doing comedy for like six months at the time and this girl liked me and she was doing warm up. She was in charge of booking the warm-up act for the Fox News channel. And it was before O'Reilly and stuff. They had like a – it was actually uh, this like show where it was a studio audience. So they hired me. And I don't know. I'd never done warm-up before. So I called my dad. I'm like, what do I do? He's like, just do your act. At that point, I had three minutes of weed jokes. Um, <laughs> so it's all these people that are ready to debate gun control that are like very well learned on it and like extremely excited about it. And I get up there. I'm like, who smokes weed? And it was just – it went so bad they yanked me. They actually came over. With a hook? Yeah, they, the lady came over and took my microphone away. Oh. And uh, it was so embarrassing. 
It was, and then I had forgotten about it, but about a year later, I was giving out flyers on the streets of New York uh, to get people to come to a comedy show, and someone came up to me like, hey, you're the guy who got yanked, and they started laughing at me. I was like, I'd already forgotten about that. So that was a terrible job uh, doing the Fox News channel. That was, that was, that was pretty bad. I've had, I've had a lot of terrible... I remember I got thrown off a temple one time. I did a comedy at a temple. Oh. I, I was doing... Co- oh, they had a comedy no. show. I had been doing stand-up for three months at the time. Was this here or in New York? No, New York. Very, very... Like a lot... Like 17 years ago. And I got up there and I just started like... They said, don't curse. And I had a joke about how kids used to call me up because I stuttered and be like, ah, dumb. And I was like, fuck you. Like, that was the joke. <laughs> and I thought if I stuttered the word fuck, it wouldn't they, count as a curse. They you, right? Yeah, as soon as I said fuck, the rabbi came, grabbed my microphone, and that was the end of that. <laughs> that was, yeah, I've had a, so many, so many terrible jobs. Did you do, like, retail or? Oh, I worked at Banana Republic in oh. the women's fitting section. That was actually, that was, I was pretty good at that. I'd be like, just tell girls they look hot and, like, hit on them. That's so all I did was hit on chicks in the women's section and, and like, be like, hey, try this on, try that on. Oh, uh, I was, like, 18 at the time. That's I almost got laid so many times during that job, but I was. Almost. Almost. I, almost, <laughs> almost. I never you pulled it off. You know the degree of where you're at? Yeah. No banging in the dressing room? No, 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 no. I, I was, uh. I didn't bang a lot in high school uh, or even college. College, I got laid a couple times. Once I started doing comedy, that like I tell people that like when you do comedy, you're gonna not get paid for like ten years. You get paid in pussy. You get paid in pussy. You do. You get chicks that you could never. What is it about pos- the comics though? Like, not I'm not knocking the. I just like the. What is the? It's, it's something very though? powerful that makes people it laugh. Being on the stage with like even like just- D- even DMX last night was saying how he's like I've been all over the world. I've gotten so pussy in every single continent and nothing beats being on stage. You get like, so high. And when women see you on stage, it's very powerful. Yeah. And they see you have power. You're making them laugh. They're looking at you in different ways. You're talking about things that no one else is talking about. Uh, you're, you know, it's a whole thing. And women love it. Uh, women, lo- I mean, damn. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I've had a lot of ex- good experiences just through that. Chicks that I would never you would even talk to me. And sometimes I would talk to girls before the show and be like, hey, how's it going? They'd blow me off. And then, and then they'd see, yeah. And then, and then at the end, I was like, do I talk to them because they're still hot? Or do I prove a point of like, fuck you, you didn't talk to me before. And now you, now you want to talk. So hmm. it's, uh, it's tough. They go, oh, I didn't know. I thought you were some creepy guy. Oh, well, now I, could, I am a creepy guy. I'm just telling jokes, you know? So it's, 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 it's hard. It's the stage but, effect. It's the stage effect. The stage effect. Absolutely the stage effect. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for this TV show tomorrow night. I'm a little nervous because Do we have a little pre pre party at the uh, no. I got well, I got to be doing stand up during the show. I'm going to be at the Dime Bar yeah, while you guys, it's on. You have a fucking awesome lineup tomorrow night. I wish I, I could make it. Tomorrow. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you haven't been there yet. Yeah. I, I you come to every one of my shows except for the ones I want you to come. No, I know it's Tuesdays are tough because I help my sister out uh, taking care of my nephews. Your hot sister. Go on. I haven't bring seen him. Bring your hot in... sister to, to the dime. Yeah, no, bring your hot no, sister. No, she leaves. I take care of my nephews. Oh, okay. And I haven't seen them in three weeks. They're asking about me. I used to go every week. And now because of other engagements and whatnot, I've just been really busy. So she doesn't get home until like 8.30. And my girl's working tomorrow night till 10. Nice. I'm not, I'm... Still at the uh, deli? 
she just started, today was her first day. She's You're the funniest person. I go, I, I tell people that I go, my, my, CB, my friend, uh, I hired him. People well, why do I hire CB? Well, for a year and a half, he would email me four days a week telling me what was wrong with the show. He would say, I just corrected he, he everything. Would, he would correct everything. Tell me who spoke too much, who she didn't spoke, no, who, no, who we no, liked no, as a guest. He would give me really good feedback uh, to the point where like, I'm like, my co-hosts don't even listen to the show. No one even fucking shows up. But this guy is more invested than anyone else out there. I'm like, so then, he, then he was like, hey, man, if you ever need someone to come in. Uh, finally, I was like, CB, just come in. Uh, and it's been working out great. But I tell people, I'm like, this guy, he's 30 years old. He watches wrestling, UFC, uh, gets autographs, and uh, professional wrestling, UFC, and plays video, video games. games all day long. <laughs> And somehow bangs like a hot 20-year-old. <laughs> I go, he really is like the happy Ma- I mean, Billy Madison. He is like the modern-day Billy Madison. I, you're just, I'm never going back to school, though. You're a weird – you're such a strange existence, man. We're it's all weird. I know, but he really is like – you really are the Peter Pan. And then I have, so I have, I have him and I have Jean, who I, I know nothing about. Fuck is how'd you? I'm Peter Pan. You're not growing up. Lasting young, living. You're, you're I'm a, a child. Toys R Us kid. You're God a child, it. dude. You're a, you're a. But I like it though. You're a, you're a nice guy, and you, you know a lot about this shit because this is all you, this is what you do. Really but but are, it's, like, it's great. What you do that show? You, they should be like how they have the stump the the buoy. They should stump CB. We should stump like CB. A, yeah, stump a segment. If you can come up with the most oddball trivia MMA. Oh no, just be like, who's the president? I'm like, I don't know. Uh, who fought? Who fought UFC seven? Oh well, uh, that was the one Mark Coleman won. Yeah, okay. So oh, no, 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 that was the one Marco. Who else won? Sorry, Marco. Who else Point won UFC proven. seven? Who was the first president of the United States ever? The first president yeah. was George Washington. All right. hmm. Really? Did he, did he fight? <laughs> who's, on, who's on the penny? Abraham Lincoln. All right. Hmm. I do no shit besides <laughs> fucking MMA and wrestling. Who's the vice president right now? Yeah. Fucking idiot Joe Biden. All right. Secretary of State. Hmm. I don't know. Do you know that? Uh, it was Hillary Clinton, uh, but now she's running president. Did she, did she have to bail out? Or is she still Secretary no, of State? Is she still I think she's still Secretary of State, yeah. She's Hel- I don't Hillary Clinton. Know. Wait, is that the one? Is that uh, Monica Lewinsky's boyfriend's husband or yeah. wife? I mean? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm a little nervous because on this show, I, I go out a lot of my exes to find out what, what went wrong. Uh, there's a lot of fighters involved. I don't know what they picked. You know, they would shoot like 50 hours and use, you know, seven minutes. So who knows what they picked? They could, I, I certainly hope there's one scene that ends up on there. Please. Oh, God. I, I need to be on a TV show. Uh, oh, not, oh, oh, yeah. You're in one of the uh, yeah, episodes. Yeah, he ripped. Well, All right, I don't know so, if I can say anything, but so, yeah. he ripped me a new asshole while recording. It's, uh, it's gonna, Are you the token white guy? Are yes. token white friend? Absolutely. Is no, white friend. No, no. I'm, I'm one of the comics. Yeah, but I know. We are, yeah. I mean, it's a group of friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. yeah it's going to be fun. It's going to be okay fun. I'm okay. Well, absolutely. Yes. Adam doesn't give a fuck. Just pay me. <laughs> well, no, I, mean, I don't care. I'm with great comedians. I, I don't know. care. I, what great I don't care what color they are. I think it's I, care. I just love the role reversal. Role reversal. You know. Yeah. Well, it's all good. Uh, by the way, I, I, did, well, I did watch the Pacquiao fight uh, over the weekend, and I liked the Pacquiao fight. I liked Manny Pacquiao. I used to watch him train before he was – I used to go to Freddie Roach's gym all the time. Before, right when he beat Barrera, you could still actually watch him for six hours. And this dude, he would go – he would Whoa. just go nonstop Manny Pacquiao. I've never seen anybody train like him in my life. I do think maybe you know being retired would be a good thing. I think he does too much. However, I think Freddie wants that Canelo fight. Canelo, I think, is too big. But at the same time, he trained Cotto for Canelo. And if Freddie knows Canelo pretty well, so, you know, 
if you tr- if you saw how Cotto did and you saw how Pacquiao did against Cotto, boxing math doesn't always work. Usually works a little bit better than MMA math. Um, it was pretty funny though because. You know, Freddie, I love Teddy Atlas. I, could, I wish Teddy Atlas was like my life coach. I just could have him inspire me was so he much. Was the one that was in uh, Bradley's yeah, corner that was screaming at him He's such, a, such a great trainer. That guy was fucking hilarious. But he's such he was Tyson's trainer back in the day. He pulled a knife on Tyson for like, uh, try, Tyson tried to bang his, his sister or something back. In, he he was a great trainer back in the day, just Teddy after Atlas. Gustamato? He was he was Cuss's like uh, assistant. Okay, and he's got a long history in the sport, Teddy yeah. Atlas. But it was so funny. They go, Teddy, well, you know, what do you think that Freddie Roach doesn't like you? He goes, wasn't that the guy? I took a selfie on the way to the ring, the biggest fight in his life, and he's taking selfies. What the hell do I care what that guy thinks? Which is true. Like Pacquiao was walking in with Freddie Roach, and they take a selfie before the Mayweather fight. That is annoying. Yeah. I can see why Teddy Atlas was <laughs> focused. And Tim Bradley pissed me off in that fight because at a certain point, it seemed like he was content to just lose but not get knocked out. Uh, I'm not yeah. saying he, he was laughing at the end. He was smiling. And Will Brooks said, if I would have done that, my trainers would have killed me. And it did. It seemed like he was having a good time. Granted, he probably made $5 million or $10 million or whatever he made for that fight, which is more than he was making. But if I'm me, I'm paying $65 to, to watch that fight, which is what, what I paid because they sucked me in by watching those uh, you know 24-7 type specials yeah. that I get sucked into. I don't want to see a guy who gets his ass kicked then laughing afterwards at like it, and then them talking about having breakfast the next day. It's just you don't have to th- throw a fit. You don't have to go crazy. But at the same time, you don't have to laugh and smile and joke around about how some guy kicked your ass. Come on, Tim Bradley. You're better than that. You're better. I wonder if they had breakfast the next day. Did you see the interview after? Yeah. The fucking uh, whatever the guy's name was interviewing him, and they're talking about, oh, where are you tomorrow morning? Max What's Kellerman. for breakfast? And that, that's another thing. First off, I agree. I felt like Bradley could have done more. I think after a certain point, like seventh or eighth round, he was like, I'm not going to win this fight, so I'm just going to have fun. Like, you're on one of the biggest stages ever. Yeah. Um, Kellerman, I don't like him. Really? Yeah. I, have I like him a lot. I have an issue with him. I, I, I feel like the way this, – this one wasn't that bad, but I think it was after Mayweather Pacquiao where he was just like talking shit. You know what, though? I give the guy a lot of credit. He used to have like a public access show called Max on Boxing in New York. Back when like no, – I remember watching. His brother had a boxing show too. His brother actually got murdered by a crazy, crazy story. So after 9-11, I go to a boxing match, right? I'm walking at the Roseland. I sneak into a boxing match. I went through the back door, and this guy, James Butler, James the Hammer Butler, was fighting Richard the Alien Grant. And it was a 9-11 like, uh, benefit. So it's all cops and firemen. So Richard Grant is clowning him. He's beating James the Hammer Butler to the punch. He wins a, he wins a fight. It wasn't a great fight, but he won. At the end of the fight, they take off their gloves to actually shake hands, and Richard Grant punches the guy in the face with, with his bare, with his wrapped hand after the shaking hands, like after the fight's over, breaks Richard Grant's jaw, he's out in front of like 300 cops. So they're all yelling, lock him up, lock him up. I've never seen anything like, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm, I was there for that. It was on SportsCenter, blew up. It was on Friday Night Fights or something. So uh, fast forward to... I'm working at a gym in West Hollywood. I came over here. There was a 24-hour gym that played like house music on La Brea. And that was one of my first jobs in L.A. 
I, I worked the night shift, the midnight to eight o'clock shift. I actually walked into the gym and they're like, they gave me a baseball bat. They're like, this is security. It was all like crackheads coming in at four in the morning going, I'm here to work out. I'm like, no, you're not. And like, couple, <laughs> and like couples would come in and like fuck in like the, uh, in like the, in like the tanning bed. They would people get, it was like the craziest job. I think I made like 50 bucks a night working there and I would spend it all on energy drinks just to stay up. And like, it was just the worst job. So anyway, Sam Kellerman, Max's brother, was a member of that gym, right? Because I remember, because I looked through everyone's things, Mm -hmm. Sam was a a member. So after that guy got out of jail, that I was at the fight, Richard uh, uh, Butler, uh, James Butler, he he, he goes to Rikers Island for that, and then Sam lets him stay with him to get his life back together. He goes, hey, man, you're a good boxer. Stay with me in California for a couple weeks. He then kicked him out. He said, you can't stay here anymore. Sorry. James, the hammer butler, the guy who I saw, then killed Sam Kellerman with a hammer. Actually murdered him. Murdered Max's brother. Uh, was his, his nickname was The Hammer? The Hammer. That's kind of fucked With up. a hammer. And then was on the run, and they found him. Now he's in jail for life. So it was just crazy. Anyway, so that's a crazy weird thing of like, I was at the fight, and I was at the gym, and then, I, then that happened. It was like a weird six degree of separation. That could have been the easiest clue game ever. It was, <laughs> it was the hammer with the hammer. It was, just, it was I, I felt so bad for, for Max. Anyway, Max, uh, everyone that I know that know that I know who knows Max says he's a real nice guy. He, I just don't know if I like his style. I, I don't remember. It might've been made with a Pacquiao. It might've been one of the other ones. I felt like he was kind of patronizing and condescending. Uh, yeah, but he replaced Larry fighters. Merchant who was Larry Merchant was, I think one of the funniest people I remember it was, uh, it was like Sam Peter versus someone, uh, I think it was Sam Peter versus uh, somebody that was huge, and he used to say things like uh, 500 pounds of boxing, and we have a jabbing contest." Or uh, I remember James Tony one. He goes, "A pension." I remember he won the belt, some version of the belt. He's like, "Attention, obese people! You now have a new champion." <laughs> he, he was just saying. <laughs> no, that's that, funny though. He would say things like Larry Merchant was like the last. I mean, Rogan keeps it real, but no one kept it more real than Larry Merchant. Uh, he would just say things like, uh, after he fought, like, Mayweather fight, are you going to fight anybody good? Like, how many, how, how much more do we have to watch of this? And he would just say things that you're just like, this grumpy old man, he was great. And I, I ran into Larry Merchant one time at a, a uh, it was like my cousin's, like, I don't know, had some kind of birthday party or something. So I was there and Larry Merchant was there who was taking, he had like a daughter, but he was taking care of his, like one of his kids' daughters and his kid was not, something happened where he, like this 80 year old man got custody of like a nine year old, uh, but he it was good. And Larry was like doing the right thing. So I run into Larry and you could just tell he doesn't, he's not good around people. He's just one of these guys that you could just see is not a people person. And I'm like, hey Larry, uh, and uh, who do you think's going to win? Ricky Hatton or, and then he was like, so he mentioned, he, he like, he said one thing, like he, he gave me an answer and then I kept following him around <laughs> asking him and he could tell he wanted to get away from me so bad, but he kept answering the questions. He couldn't help but answer the questions. Like, I think I might've followed him to his car, but he, he answered every single boxing question I had. See, that, that's like some of the people that I encounter and they know that I'm a fight fan because I'm wearing a shirt or whatever it is. And like certain ones, I'm like, They'll ask a question. They'll tell me something. Like the guy at FedEx a couple weeks ago was like, why are you a McGregor fan? You know he lost, right? Did you even watch that fight? I'm like, take my box. We're done here. But there's other people <laughs> There's other people that I'll run into and they'll be like, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And that's what happens to me on Twitter all the time. Certain guys I won't answer because I know they're just whatever it is. Me. 
And then there's other ones that like I get into a conversation with and they know their shit enough where they can somewhat keep up with me or they really want to pick my brain. And it's like, I feel like if the Twitter was like, if it was like 20 years ago, people would find the studio and just follow me around oh. asking me questions. It's like the same thing. And you guys can make fun of me. Same thing when I'm graphing. If I'm graphing, there's people following me around because they know I know where to go or I'm no, making, I'm making private meetings or, or... With, with fighters or wherever it is and they follow me and I'm like, yeah, this is getting. So, how many? You're like the Pied Piper of graphers. I, me, me, and one of my friends basically started it in 2011. So yeah. technically, we've had people follow us, and I've turned around and been like, "Dude, you need to like just go away." We right. Like you. You're like only I can bother these people. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> not, not a, I, don't bother my bother. I don't know about that, but you're graph blocking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is a word. That is no, a it's wo- not. It really I is. swear That's to God, it's a, term we, it's, it's a term we use. It's it's a term we use. It's graph locking in the grapher community. Now, what is it about having someone's signature that like gives you a boner? Well, real? it's not really for me the signature. It's meeting them, taking the picture with them, and being able to you know if they're nice enough, like they'll talk to you for a while. Yeah, I've had thirty minute conversations with people. The most random thing that ever happened to me, and I'll turn it into a short story, was Matt Hughes asked me to chauffeur him around Vegas for two hours. Really? Like random. I just tweeted how dr- him. How drunk was he? I he wasn't. He was coming from teaching a seminar, and I tweeted him just saying, "Hey, I know you're in town. I'm a local." When I was living in Vegas, I said, "I'd I'd love to meet you. I and just get an autograph on this thing that I have." And this was in 2013, 2012, 2013. And he tweeted me back. He goes, "I'm going to follow you and DM you my number. Uh, could you give me a ride from such place to such place and over here?" And I ended up literally chauffeuring him around the Vegas Strip for like two hours. <laughs> That's crazy on both wow. of your parts. Oh yeah, I don't know why he picked me out of nowhere. Like you I guess been like a crazy yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Neck. Oh yeah, like, for sure. One of those. Wow. That and is... it's like, dude, I guess you really don't want to pay for a cab, even though you're fucking Matt Hughes. So, uh, so Bubba Jenkins, are you going to come get him on Thursday? Oh, you're an asshole. Yes, because Bubba, his car is still in the shop. CB, can you get him or no? For real? Um, not Maybe. entirely sure yet. Okay, because he says if your boy CB can come get, a, get him, he'll, he'll be there. That's what he says. So it's, it's up to you whether or not. Awesome. Comes. I'm going to get a bunch of tweets later when this releases. Like, it's you got to go pick him up, motherfucker. Yeah, all right. You're so, an asshole. So Joe Kugo is going to tell me I'm a werewolf or some <laughs> shit. And then uh, also on Thursday, we have uh, Bobby Gunn. Uh, who is Bobby, you know who Bobby Gunn is? So Bobby Gunn is the world bare knuckle fighting champion. Nice. Uh, he will be on the podcast. Bobby Gunn. Hopefully Chris Weidman. He, he, uh, he keeps... DMing me, and we're trying to figure some time out where he's not training. Uh, Luke Barnott was supposed to be on the show, but he he's he totally screwed up. So, uh, do, you, do, uh, do you think that fight is actually going to happen <laughs> with Mayhem? Yeah. By the way, we got more people uh, from from Mayhem. We have oh, more yeah. people. What are the comments oh my! From it, it, everybody's oh, obsessed with it. People loved it. Yes. People either loved it or, but they also like. They also mayhem entertain them, and mayhem is an entertainer. Uh, and you know, I struggle with that because on one hand, I'm like, you know, mayhem's been going through a lot of shit and a lot of, you know, his doing, almost all his doing. Um, should I have him on the podcast or not? You know, maybe he doesn't need attention right now. Maybe he needs to just figure out what. But his life then for the next month, he should focus on the fight. On the other up. hand, I was like, he has a fight coming up, and I think the best place for him is in the gym. I think a guy like him, when he leaves the gym, is when he gets in trouble. And 
being on the podcast was probably the good first good press he's gotten in three, four years. It had to uh, be. People were actually saying how funny he was, how much they enjoyed hearing from him. So then there was that of, you know, but I definitely struggled with, you know, on one hand, is this guy mentally sane? Is this guy... It's still questionable. It's still questionable. Yeah. But at the same time, when, you know, I'm sure he doesn't want to hear this. When, that, when the cameras turned off He's and the podcast dude. was over, he was nice, humble. He was extremely personable. He was not the same person when the podcast was on. I date you, Mayhem. So, thank you, John. That's, that's exactly where I was going with this. Uh, so, yeah. So, it was a different person. So, Do you honestly think that he could get the visa to fly to Italy? I don't know. I mean, based on legal circumstance and everything, I, I want to see him fight. It's been a long time. I want to see him fight. I will order it for that fight alone. <laughs> I just, like you said the other day, who's letting you get out of this country? And if, uh, he didn't. He didn't answer the questions. That was ever. If they that was a, back in. that was an issue of like he did not answer the questions that I asked him. But you know, look, mayhem is mayhem. Uh, so yeah, there was. I, I was going back and forth with it, and I understand people's concerns of Adam. Why you have him on the show? Look, he has a fight coming up. He's booked to fight in Velator, um, or Venator, or whatever. Venator. We could have been you the know. only people to give him an actual platform to. Kind no, of he get was. His... He was also on the Boz route, and he was on that instead yeah, of May. Did he piss Boz off? Yes. So I don't know. Look, I, I like Mayhem. Uh, I, I was friends with him when he was on top, and I try to be friends with people not just when they're on top, but when they're struggling. At the same time, some of the stuff he did, I'm definitely not a, a fan of. A lot of all of his actions that he did to get arrested. It's like, come on, dude, he's so much better than that. But look, if I can help a person out, I can help him out. At the same time, he has to help himself out, which he seems to know on some level. But I did struggle with it. It was, and you know, a part of me was like, should I promote this? How do I promote this? But he was funny. And I think halfway through the podcast, things started changing a little bit. He seemed to like- Settle down. Settle down. All right. So that being said, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the fight. Bobby Gunn. Is on Thursday. Hopefully, Chris Weidman. Uh, hope we get Bubba back. Uh, CB, the intern slash t- uh, limo driver. Uh, anything coming up, Jean? Nope. Are you on Twitter yet? Nope. Great. Uh, what do you have coming up? Um, not really much. But this Saturday night, I'm going to uh, the owner of the tattoo shop that I frequent. He's getting married. Oh, nice. So I'm going to that. I'm going to miss the main card of the fights. I'll see all the prelims live. I'll watch the main card later. Um, so You can download the Fox Sports app and watch it on your phone. Yeah, but I'm not going to sit at a wedding and, and do that. This guy's like I just a, can't believe you're invited to a wedding. That's this the guy's most like my, my second father, pretty much. Okay, like, nice. It's been like 12 years. I've known him, and he's helped me out a lot. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's getting married, and uh, I'll be going to that. Other than that. I love it. So Tuesday nights, uh, watch my show. It's on Oxygen, Living With Funny. DVR it. Tell everyone about it. Also, uh, this Friday and Saturday, I am in San Diego at the Comedy Palace. Uh, Next week, we're having, uh, next Monday, at the Lucky Puppy. We're having a fundraiser for dogs uh, at the Lucky Puppy. I saw Uh, you got Rich on there. I am hosting that show. Rich is on it. Rich Slayton's on it. Uh, Steve Hofstetter's on it. Uh, a lot of good comics are on it, and there's a lot of dogs. Lance Bass retweeted it. I know. I saw uh, that. That's crazy. So I think he'll be there. Uh, and Tuesday night at the Dime Bar, uh, come to see me at the Dime in Hollywood. Uh, also, uh, Fight Week, International Fight Week. I'm at the Stratosphere. Hit me up for comps. I will get you comps. I'm there Monday through Friday, and then I'm going to try to go to UFC 200 on Saturday. 
Uh, I want to thank our sponsors, Decipher. If you need life coaching, career coaching, uh, management skills, all kinds of things, personal advising, contract negotiations, and mediation, call them at 1-888-731-COACH. That's 1-888-731-2622. Use the code ROASTED for 10% off, as well as tip a fighter. Fighters are underpaid. I hate it. It's nonsense. Okay, we can change that. Tipafighter.com. Tipafighter.com. Tip a fighter.com. 